the most sought-after podcast conversationalist I wanted to have on the show since he's ending his reign on the holdout from Picasso's Palace in the bar slash dining room. I offer to you, listeners, a man who needs no nickname, no taglines, no sense of musical direction, fine people of the world, Mr. Dave Lynn is on a distorted disclosure. Thanks for having me, Nate. I, I'm sad I don't have a nickname. I always, I don't think there's enough <laughs> nicknames in the world anymore. It seems like an old-fashioned thing to have done. Like, like his name's Harold, but we call him Sparky. And then you find out why they call someone Sparky. You know, like using the matches or something. But yeah. Well, I mean, I, have, I, I take a nickname. Most of the nicknames I have, I've given myself. Other than Nasty Nate, that came from a giant Dominican black man, or Dominican, I shouldn't say, obviously not black, uh, years ago at a bar. And I think it was all because of the half-baked Nasty Nate was the... If you're a Nate, you immediately get the Nasty Nate and or the Nate Dog. Nate Dog. Yeah, Nate Dog. Oh, Nate Dog. I thought you said Dog. That or I used to get Nate the Great, the books when we were kids, that we'd read. He was like the detective. My mom didn't let me read when I was a kid. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you've since then made up for it. Uh, yeah, the internet helped. So how's life in general? Oh. I mean, um, it's these, these crazy times we're living in these days. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm fine. You know, I don't have a lot of things to be responsible for. Like, there's not, you know, Zephy, my dog, you know, he got, we're through it, I guess. I remember when I talked to you early on, I asked you how you were doing with this, and, and, and you said to me, uh, you're like, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's changing a lot of people's lives, but this is pretty much how I live. Like I work yeah. from home. I kind of do my own thing. Yeah, I like, worked, worked from home for 10 years now. And, uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, although it did, it did affect me quite a bit. I mean, I, I did go out every night. I, I left the house every day to either get food or to go have a beer uh, at the bar, you know? And, uh, that was my way of socializing because I didn't have a social life at work. Um, so, yeah, it was it was kind of a big, there was a gaping hole there. I think everybody has a, it, it, I think this thing found a way to put a hole in your life in some way or another. Like, I can't imagine anybody just kind of kept on cruising through this, so. Yeah, I went from never being home to being home all the time for about seven, eight weeks. I'm back now full time, but. Did you cook a lot? I, I did. I, I got to the point where I made dinner every fucking night so much that I literally got to the point where I was just sick of whatever. I was like my, my regimented of what I know how to make. I would just start throwing shit together. I'd be like, well, let's, let's see what this tastes like. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like, I, I, yeah, I, I was just, what else are you going to do? I watched more TV. I watched, I, I don't watch, I'm not a TV person at all. A few people know this. I've actually, I sat through and I'm happy I did it. Years ago, Josh Dunn told me, he's like, listen, you need to watch Shameless. You absolutely love it. A lot of people like that show. I went, I did all fucking 13 seasons Ooh. in like three weeks. It's like, a, it was like, a, I looked at it, it was like 122 or 123 hours of a television now, that, show. That show, I, I don't haven't seen that one and it comes very highly recommended by a lot of people to me, but is that, that's an hour episode or Correct. 40 some odd it's, it's They're usually 50 to an hour. And then there's 12 of them a season? Yes, yeah. And there's wow. 13 seasons. Like a, or no, 
12 seasons? It's like 160 hours or, so, you know. So, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I I would do, I was, there were some days, I mean, the weather was shitty and it was like, you know, nothing really to do and I couldn't go to work, obviously. And I was like, all right. Um, but yeah, I would watch like seven or eight episodes. And for me to sit on a couch and watch TV that isn't music, first off, doesn't happen. I'm always watching YouTube or something you, of that. You do watch a lot of live shows. Just about every Don't girl. Don't you have like a live show channel on your TV? Live show channel? Yeah, what do you dial? I've been over here and you put something on the TV that was like nonstop live shows. It, it could have just been, been on like, direct TV, it, but you it paid could've... for some channel, right? It, oh, I used to have, uh, my cable, I used to get Palladia. They don't have it anymore. I would just record concerts on it. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, but now it's like YouTube constantly. I'll just watch full live shows. I've never done that for years. I mean, I think every first date I ever had with a girl in the last 10 years always came back to my house and we'd watch music videos oh, together. Like if she would sit through that or not, it was like if I wanted to even talk to her ever again. <laughs> because that it was what I was going to be in my life regardless. So, yeah. Yeah, like a movie, you can't... No, yeah. there's, there's not much to discuss. Because you're either ruining the movie for them and no one's watching it or and you're, and you're hitting off or... Well, if you start you're not to get, hitting it off and watching some movie. Together. Right, if you start to get to know a person, a movie's the worst way to do it. Because you're, you're, either, you're either just paying attention because you're you feel that you should even though you don't want to it's in your head you're like who's going to make a move or this or that or you're actually into the movie and you're not conversing whatsoever you're, it's, it's I never understood the first dates of being movies I always thought that was a bad idea yeah. after you get to know somebody it's great but like yeah, the, well, I, I, I don't know the, the, the conversation you get on a takeaway the drive home from the movie is definitely worth the time investment if it's an interesting person and you've saw, seen a good movie yeah so I've had that experience as well. I don't think I've ever been on a first date dinner thing though, but yeah. Movies have their, who says we're ever going to see a movie again in a the theater? Um, Very true. But, or how rare it will be. It'll be like a niche thing, like 10 years from now. It's like, wow. Yeah. Do you no, get that it's... vinyl type release of, uh, of that movie that I went to the theater to see, but. I'm really, I mean, I've, I've, I've gone crazy on TV and movies since this thing, even more than I did before. Well, I'm yeah, like, no, you were, you were an avid show watcher. Oh, my god! Because I usually, anytime I see you, I'm like, did you see, you're like, oh, yeah, I watched that, you know, six months ago. <laughs> I'm a heavy consumer of shows. And that's, like, funny. It's funny. Things like Shameless is one of the ones I haven't seen. I haven't seen Californication. Okay, that is so fucked up that you said it. The only two shows that I've ever watched straight through are those two. Californication and Shameless. I have never, I never watched a, more than an episode of Game of Thrones. I can't get into anything like that. At well, all. don't waste your time with Game of Thrones the way it ended. Well, I, I don't. I, if it can't happen in real life, I don't care. That's that's just me and movie. That's why me and fa I'm not a fantasy person on any aspect of huh. anything. Well, then, are you into? The, are you into true crime as much as I am? No, oh I, don't, I don't like. I'm I don't obsessed. like. I don't like murder, and I don't like. I, I love documentaries. I'm boring when it comes like, to that. It's like just, it's, it's, it's basically, King? it's either, I didn't see that. Okay. But, uh, I mean, I've heard enough about it that I figured I didn't really need to see it. I don't know. But, uh, it, yeah, it's it, more just the idea of, and that's the thing. Like, it's either music or documentaries, but usually it's, it's music documentaries. It's usually what I'm, I'm going to watch. Right. So, I mean, that or, com like, that or usually a good comedy or a intense drama like Shameless was. I mean, it's, I think it, it, it basically, some, then falling in love with, uh, Fiona in the show and I'd realized like halfway through season two I was talking to one of my friends from Boston and he's like you realize why you're so in love with this girl right mm -hmm. I said why well, he goes 
it's every girl you've ever dated. Oh. It's this girl who's independent, who wants to be these things, but she, the, the biggest issue in her own life is herself, and she can't get past that, and she ruins her life, and everybody who's around it because she can't overcome herself. He's like, look at your past, man. This is who the girls that you date. I'm like, like fuck. He's, he's like, I was like, oh my God, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. But yeah. I, I have the most mediocre... I mean, I don't know what it is about TV shows, but I fall in love with, like, the uh, Velma girl from Scooby-Doo. Like, not the hot blonde that they want you to fall right. in love with on the show. <laughs> I'm always after girl B or C. Even girl D I get into. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is. It's just, um, yeah, I, I have the weirdest TV crushes on, so you were saying on women either on TV. True crime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, I cut you off on so, that. So, one of the things I want to do a podcast is because I listen to podcasts all the time. Now, this is like a Joe Rogan-style podcast, which is cool. Which is what I listen to all yeah, the time. That's, yeah, and there's, there's another, there's Mark Maron does it. Yeah. There's a lot of big podcasts that use this format. Right. But I'm often just com- com- constantly consuming these other ones that are like Unsolved Mysteries, this person disappeared. Um, this person was murdered, you know, uh, all that stuff. Serial killers. Um, and then there's this really great, po- I'm going to throw a couple podcasts that I listen to so you guys can get hip. Um, Criminal, which is, I get everything through iTunes podcasts. There's like the, the purple app on the phone. And I think you get all this stuff through Spotify, but there's a show called Criminal that's not always about serial killers, missing people, and murders. It's kind of like some like fringy off the like weird things in law, like um, like there was a show about the guy named Dapper Dan who stole the design for Gucci and Louis Vuitton and made his own bootleg clothes for all the hip uh, hip hop people in the '90s, which was a really cool episode. And I mean, it, you know, it's criminal because he's he's illegally copy you know bootlegging this stuff off the copyrights. But another one I listen to is. Um, Crime Junkies, which is a straight up every episode is a murder, serial killer, missing person, or something like that. But I, what I don't like is I don't like CSI. And I don't, I don't like it when they're always going to get solved. I like the ones that are still like going an open on. case. Like, uh, yeah, like yeah. cold cases they haven't fought. I mean, my favorites are like... There's, you know, you listen to, some of these are multiple episodes, but you listen to something for a couple hours and like there's three suspects left and like, I'm just sitting there just, I'm just, that's all I want to do is figure out who did it. I'm still trying to figure out who killed John Benet Ramsey. That's where it started. Yeah. That's where I, it started. I remember that. Yeah, that was boy. I remember being at a certain age where I was like, I was actually cared about the news and this girl went missing and nobody had any idea. I knew the parents did though. That's why I think. Was she the, uh. She's a beauty. The, the, the model who was like the weird thing that they do the with kids when they're like, thing, yeah. like in first, second grade and they're like, they got more makeup on than like mm. anybody ever. Right. And I think that, that one's, say I know a lot about this case, but that's the funny thing is like, I thought it was like they objectified this little girl and then somebody seemed to just like throw her life away too. So it was like, she was kind of getting screwed in life and then she obviously had a, t- you know, it was t- a terrible death. Yeah. And it's someone in her house probably murdered her. But, uh, 
But yeah, I mean, I don't think her life, you know, being a beauty pageant kid was fun. It doesn't look fun. It looks weird. Yeah, it looks I, real weird. I, yeah, every time I've ever seen anything about them, I'm always just like, this is... I mean, if you just don't... If kids aren't allowed to be... If they're just... If they're not dirty enough, there's something funny going on. And But there's some kids that like to be really clean. But I don't know. The whole thing of not being a kid or like dressing a kid up like an adult yeah. is just kind of perverted. Yeah, give the kid its... It only, it only happens for a few years. I don't know. I mean, it's cute when it's a sailor. <laughs> you know, it's just not something sexualized. <laughs> right. Well, like, yeah, you're not putting makeup like, on. Yeah, I mean, a fireman, a little baby fireman is hilarious. And he might grow up and end up... He might be a fireman. You know, when I was two, my parents used to dress me up, and damn it, one day it just made sense. Yeah. I think I'm going to get a... If I ever have a child, I'm going to have a line of professional um, uniforms, <laughs> you know, for his first year. Well, you're assuming it's important. Yeah, he'll be a four... Well, that doesn't matter now. Right, that's yeah, right. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll have surgeon scrubs. You know, with their name embroidered on it. They'll have a four-star general outfit. You know, I'll, I'll get all four of the branches. Oh, my God. Mailman, you know, male person, sorry. Right. We haven't even started with what I have anything I want to talk about. This is, this is perfect. Oh, I do have one thing I want to talk about because I have a short list. Sure. I think I came up with a band name. Edgar Allan Bo Jackson. <laughs> band name for just in general? That's me. Oh. It's just my new... My okay. musical persona is yeah. Edgar Al Bo Jackson. And Edgar Allen Bo Jackson, sorry. Well, you've picked different fields of very, very... I figure if I can't scoop you up with a sports reference and or a 19th century literature reference, then you're lost. Yeah, yeah. I need you. Oh, well, it's, yeah, it's probably not somebody... If, and if it's, if you, I'm not for you. Yeah, well, and the thing is, and that, right, and that might be okay. Like, that would be like, well, you're just not going to like what I'm going to have to say, then, basically. Uh, how did we meet? You came to New York Music, and somehow, through the random shuffle of that place, you got on my schedule. I used to have... Mickey was his name? Oh, okay, so now that's, that actually puts me in a better spot to know. You were, you were one of the people that... Was seeing... Was, that I was given... Right, because he told me, I don't want you to stop taking lessons, I have a guy who's perfect for you. I yeah, said, he, okay, uh, whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he, you know, because I was taking lessons from him, so I was just a student, and, you know, I started when I was 15, Wow. Yeah. so, and at this point, I'm 18, and he's like, I'm going to move to San Francisco, and you're going to teach all the students, and I would think, my first thought was like, but I'm a student, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right. And, you know, this also, it now occurs to me later, it's like, I, I knew he had music. I knew he had older musical friends that could have done the job too. So why he was asking me to do it? Maybe because I think he was trying to support me because I because he knew I was going to music school. Probably he knew you were going to be in the area because you're going to school. And I was going to be there for four years. And plus, you were 18, so you probably needed a you know an easy job to give you some cash. I was cooking at a diner, so yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, he was he was an intelligent. Person. I remember every now and then I would bring stuff in. And he'd look and he'd be like, man, these are really dark lyrics. God, I'll be back. He would like take a copy of it. He's, he's like, I'm going to research this some more. <laughs> that guy would always strange. spend 10 minutes of the 30 minutes with you. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he had always... a way to not teach and make that much. I mean, he was great. I mean, yeah. I, I think he just, things, things I think were a lot, um, things were just different 20 years ago yeah. in a lot of ways. He, I mean, one time he brought me in, he's like, he's like, yeah, this guy paid me a shit ton of money to play on this metal, like cheesy metal album. Mm -hmm. He's like, he just told me to make parts up. He's like, 
I did it in like an afternoon. He's like, he paid me like three grand or something like that. Right. And he's like, here, you want to listen? I'm like, yeah, I'll hear a couple songs. He's like, play like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's not very good, is he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you know, that's what it is. But, I mean, guitar teaching is a pretty odd job. There's no, you know, there's no standard. There's no lesson plan, essentially, that you don't, you know, that you have to create. I remember a lot of it hinged on a couple of staples. There were kids that wanted to learn songs. And there were some kids that wanted to do certain things with the guitar. Like, they had a mission other than just playing songs. Like, they, they loved a genre or wanted to be in a band. And then you had some older people, too, you know, who, like, never played music before. They were different. But yeah, I mean, so it was, um, it was strange. It, it was a strange, I mean, some kids you were friends with and they kind of just wanted to hang out with you. Some kids they didn't talk and you were just kind of just didn't know what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> some kids you felt like you were babysitting because the parents just like, there's a half hour I don't have to deal with them. You deal with them. Some parents cared. Some parents di- didn't care as much. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. When did music start for you, age-wise, in general? Not just, oh. I don't mean, was did you start with guitar? I mean, I don't, no, probably I piano, know. I'm guessing. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I was, I think the story I've heard from my parents is they called a bunch of piano teachers and told them what my age was, which was three, and they all said no, except for one guy who ended up being kind of weird not weird in a bad way with kids. He was just, he kind of was a liar. <laughs> he told every, he told all these rich moms in Canfield that he was a Juilliard student, a former graduate of Juilliard, that he studied with really famous piano players in New York City. And somehow he was living with his dad in Poland or something. And I don't want to say his name. It probably doesn't matter, but. Um, that was false is what you're saying. That was, was not true. Okay. And it was found out by some of the parents on Fairway um, the exclusive street in Canfield. <laughs> this guy got into it big. He was with all the major players, wow. you know. I mean, and was he was he good though? Um, he was like the Canfield piano teacher to the stars, I guess. He he was actually amazing, and he did he did some things that I don't know if people do anymore. Like we invited him to our birthday parties, specifically my birthday party. And and, and this is another weird thing that happened in my childhood. Is every birthday I was I had to give a concert. It's like my birthday concert. You would perform. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. <laughs> so, so, so did it start at like age by age four? Did you have your first concert then, would you say? I think we were giving concerts uh, like weekly. Oh my gosh. To my, to my dad specifically. Yeah. Or, or I remember, I remember it being like, if you played, if you started playing, it was very reasonable that one of our parents would come in and sit down and like watch us. Not like tell us what to do or do it again. It's kind of weird. Kind so, of like, kind of like we knew we'd get an audience. Yeah. You know, if we started making some noise, and then my dad was like fascinating with the camera, so he had to get like the, one of the first dads. He's, he's still in the VHS. Like, isn't he still into the camera? Oh yeah, he's into the photography now. But right. his obsession when I was a kid was the next VHS recorder. So I remember all the the sizes. I remember the first one he had. He had to carry the tape set, the cassette you were recording on, in a pouch. Like, and it was, it was a cord attached to the camera. There's a camera and then the actual, like, pouch that had cassette tape in it. But, yeah, he was, so then he turned that on. So, yeah, we were always, he was, it was weird. It was kind of like a weird thing. Like, we were encouraged 
without being told to do it a lot. But then again, there were times my mom was like, you haven't practiced, you better practice. And then I was like, being a dick, like, no, mom. And she'd be like, I'm going to get the spoon. And I'd be like, you can't catch me. Yeah, that was the same. At three, I mean, how much could you have been into it? Well, this is more four and five I'm talking about. But the fact was, I was going to say the story about it is they called and called all these teachers. And finally, one guy was like, I'll teach him if he could sit still. I'll, I'll come for a half hour lesson. If your kid could sit still, we could keep doing it. So I guess I sat still long enough for this guy. And that was... That was, and then I didn't. St- I didn't stop taking piano lessons. I had a couple different teachers, three different teachers all together, until I was twelve. So almost ten years, not nine. Let's just say eight and a half years. So I mean, for you to be doing it that long, even at that young of an age, you had to be somewhat into it as well. Like your parents obviously wanted it from the start, but were you like? I was kind of completely kinda fascinated. Doing. Yeah, I mean that's all. I don't even think I could remember a time I didn't want to play music. Wow. It's pretty weird. Yeah. Like some people, I don't even know if it, it, music's cool. You could say like Tom Brady, like, like we knew he wanted to be a quarterback when he was three, but, but football's weird, you know, because there's a lot of things to it. Yeah. That like you, a kid can't, fan, but to me it was like the fantasy of just playing a note and hearing the sound and to know that it doesn't even get more complicated than that. You know? Yeah. So that's, that's a really interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. It was right. just that's it was sort of like, well, this is all I ever want to do. And then and then I even got kind of got smart when I when I saw like, you know, you see that your piano teacher doesn't live in a mansion. You know, and and then you start realizing like how, you know, I don't know. I, my mom didn't let me have MTV, so that was weird. So they love music and everything, but but Madonna's pointy bras were gonna corrupt my me and my brother's mind. So that was out of the question. So I don't know. I just I I knew that you know I don't know. I just I didn't see. It was only about fame or like the fact that those people were famous. You know, I didn't care what they were doing when they weren't playing. I just want to play like that. Right. No, I get you. So. You were just yeah, always fat. Okay, that's yeah, that's great. How many instruments can you play? Um, I mean, I mean, I know a guitar, doesn't piano. Yeah, I mean, obviously how many, bass guitar. I mean, that's like off of the guitar. I, I'm like, confident right. recording and playing music on a guitar, a bass, kind of a piano, and I'm okay. I, I'm okay now. I'm better. I'm better at my with singing. I feel better about singing now. I don't always feel good, but yeah, that's. I don't have a ton of weapons. I used to play saxophone. I used to play oboe. I don't know if I can. Is that what you played in like high school? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. They tricked they see they did they pulled a trick on me in Borman. They found out I played piano. So they tried to push me into the the real weird instruments. The because, ones that are hard to play, like right. oboe and French horn. Because they knew you already had a little bit of a musical background. Yeah, they were fluent. Right. Right. Or they, somebody coming in fresh would be like, oh shit, the kid's screwed. <laughs> I think it's just those instruments, they, the kids burn out, you know? Yeah. Like, you, know, you can't, like, say you were a trombone player, you're kind of sitting close to the trumpets and the drums, and they're having all the fun in class. And there's always kind of like a cute girl drummer that sneaks in there, or a cute trumpet player, you know what I mean? And then you're like, start to resent your instrument. I, I actually kind of, I didn't know why I didn't take advantage of it. I was sitting with all the flutes and the clarinets. Which are, oh, yeah, those were all... Those typical, were, yeah. Those, I mean, that was when the right. cuties were yeah. in, the, in the 
Seventy-eighth great band. Yeah. Um. This is probably the most broad and maybe the biggest question I was going to ask you. Biggest influences like in life in general. Like who who's your big influences? Oh. Um, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have parents, to be music. I mean, it could be anything. Besides people in my family. Uh. I don't know. I don't know. I. I've gravitated, I mean, I've been obsessed with people for certain lengths of time, you know, they could constitute some sort of, uh, I, I guess Brad Meehan is the first person I really got to say. The drummer uh, from the Myst- band Mystical yeah. Puzzler. Yes, yeah. Brad Meehan from Mystical Puzzler. And then, and then in that same cat, in that same group, in the same bubble, it's, it's EJ Parker and, and Kevin Glass. Those guys really... Yeah, that was because, and I don't want to bring up anybody famous. You know what I mean? Because I didn't have a relationship with right, them. Yeah. You know, they were just somebody on a record. Like I love Wayne Kranz and Joe Pass and Wes Montgomery and Miles Davis and all this shit. Wayne Shorter, whatever, Herbie Hancock. But it's like I I don't know them. Right. But the people in my life that really changed the the when I was playing music, you know, and doing it better. Usually, these people made me better. Brad, for sure. Uh, EJ and Kevin, and then through YSU, I think Dave Morgan is still leaves an impression on me, you know, or at least there's, yeah, he's probably the closest teacher, mentor, sage guy, you know, Dave Morgan, and then my peers, and then and then um, you know go on down the line, you know, other people I got a, a chance to play with it, you know, um, Obi Savage was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We did Slow Jam and The Hustlers. He was like, uh, he's the only time I worked with, well, I was in a wedding band, but uh, uh, all the bands I'm in don't really have a front man without an instrument. That was fun. Obi did that. Uh, you know, I was in Jones for Revival, so uh, Freddie. Um, that's, that's actually your segue into my next my next question. Freddie and Jim uh, DeCapua and um, Gino West. Yeah, I was gonna ask you how many bands you've been in. So oh, that's you've, yeah. You've just named like so Mystic Whip, your own Fresh Butter, Alex Hall's Figurehead. Right. Uh, you've done your own things, just you being you. You played with Tara, the Songbird Lumberjack thing. Yeah. Uh, you're playing now, typically with Demos. I was in Radio Lark. You were in Radio Lark for a second. <laughs> that's correct. Um, not that that's funny. I no, no, no. It's a lot of it's a yeah, lot of but I think things. I think but there's from their from their past. I'm sure there's more too, right? Or no? I actually played a couple gigs with Hayden recently. Yeah, that's right. You did do stuff with Hayden. Um, gosh, you know, I've just been lucky that people, you know, hi, you know, just want they'll just hire me for their project. And I remember some of the first work I got like that was a kid around here called Zach Rock. He's still around. I don't I don't know how much he plays. I probably should know more. But I remember digging up a, a, a CD that I found in my CD collection. It was like 2004 or five, and I to this point I'd only been I'd only paid for to, for Mr. Whip to be recorded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, only time anybody this is but through Mr. Whip Hustler was sort of how I got uh, a reputation to be you know accessible to other people for their projects. Because there's very few projects I was in before I came back from New York City. And then when I came back, I was sort of, besides Jones Revival, I started kind of mixing my hands in as many things as possible. You know? So yeah, if you want to go chronological, Mystical Hustler, Mystical Hustler Offshoot, Slow Jam of the Hustlers. Then there was the Jones Revival. 
then it was fresh butter, then there was Alice Hall figurehead, and then I started, then there was that point where I was like in eight bands in three years. Yeah, from Demos to Radio Lark to playing with Hayden to playing with Tara. And and then countless jazz things. I mean, not we're, not, we're not even getting into like, you know, the little groups that had a six month run on every Tuesday for at this place or that place, you know. Yeah. I've heard you say your goal is to play live with every local band. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I just got to do it with Whiskey Pilot. Um, yeah, why not? Yeah. I haven't played with the... I have played with the trees. Yeah, you have played with the trees. I played with the trees a couple, couple, couple of different corner palooses I got up there. Yes. Yeah, yeah and I... Oh, Matt Palka. Where, you know, this, that's... I remember um, I played right before... I didn't play with him this last corner palooza. That's right. But I played right after him, I think. Yeah. He played before me. Yeah. And I was like, he, he hires me to do stuff on some of his albums. And is, is there any particular local artist or band you really enjoy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, my, I'm a huge, huge fanboy of the Lobber Brothers. It's a song on the radio right now on the Summit. Are, are, you, playing, are they playing some? What are they playing? Yeah, the, the what's summit? the one? Uh, I should dial into that station. The bass line's really cool on it. It's like, it's up, it's very up, I mean, their stuff's all upbeat, but it's, I'm, I'm thinking that you, you, you did record with them, correct? I didn't. I yes. I was a. I was a producer. I guess. Oh, you. But so, did you play? I, I actually did play. I assisted in a four-handed guitar technique thing we did. It, it was a strange thing, but we were trying to make a noise, and we needed four hands to help navigate the whammy bar while other people, while the other hands played on the guitar. It was. It was kind of weird. It was an oh. idea I had. It, it wasn't like we absolutely you know, could only do it with four hands. It just it made sense for us to just somebody else get in there and do the whammy bar part while I do this other thing. So you actually did play it, though? I did make a couple notes, but it was part of like a trick. It was, it was part of something that just we were trying to get in a fa- I didn't really play like anything that constitute like a part in any of their songs. Oh, okay. See, I, 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 I was mistaken. I thought you were it actually... It was a sound. Honest. I thought you were actually like... I got to change. I got to influence things differently than ever before because they let me um, go. To, it was really cool of them to let me do the rehearsals. I would go in and hear them de- working on the song in development. Where where did they record at? They were in the the two of the brothers. I think share a house, and it's in the attic, the upstairs room of the house. Oh, they did it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's one of those upstairs rooms where the the. Like the, you have to be in the middle of the room. Yeah, you have to be in the middle. Otherwise, or, your, your tilted head. Yeah, those rooms are so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. They, you should just, when you get up into those spaces, you just have a chair that just rolls over so you never have to stand up. Because <laughs> those rooms bug the crap. But anyway, so I go up there, um, and I, you know, I, I basically keep my mouth shut while they rehearse. And then sort of at the very end, you know, I would try and say, I got a couple notes. You know, here's... You know, what about the, this transition from this part to this part? So wait, did you, I'm sorry, that was, did you say that you asked them to watch you? you, you no, wanted, I'm, I'm watching them rehearse. But I'm saying, did they ask they you? They invited me. They yeah. wanted you. They, they said, yeah. hey, would you, they just I wanted to. Right, I'm not, I'm not, and I know that you would, but you didn't ask them. They asked you to come and just. It was their idea okay. for the most part. Okay, okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, you have to, you have to remember, I'm, I'm fanboying them pretty hard. You know, in public, and when I see them, so I don't know if they were 
if this was like they were just being nice, like, come on, Dave, <laughs> come hang out, you love it so much. But I did, and that was fun. So yeah, I would, um, I remember, I'm gonna, I, I don't wanna too much inside baseball, but there there was one time, I gave a note to a section, they had a, they had one part was in D minor, and the B section, the very next section was in D minor as well. Or, was it in D minor, but the chords, the D minor going to a D minor. And I, I it just, I, it, I just waited for it to bug me. Cause I couldn't take you it anymore. You had to say something. Yeah, and I kind of just did the whole project in that in that light. Like, wait till it really bugs you, you know, and then have a solution, you know, when you bring it up, or have some options for them to look at. I remember that because it was like, well, let's see what an F major sounds like or a B flat major, you know, and, and instead of that D minor, you know, break it up, right? And. Uh, Gave them some options to listen to. They, and, and I remember they didn't say, they didn't tell me, because they like have a little thing, the brothers, you know? So you essentially give them your suggestion and they go and they decide, you know? So they didn't tell me immediately. Like, I, I, mean, I remember their looks on their faces were like, I don't know, maybe Dave? I don't know, maybe Dave? But then <laughs> I come back the next day and it's, it's in the song. Yeah. You know, I forget which one they picked. I forget how exactly it happened. I know where it is on the record, you know? And it kind of created a whole new section that then Danny, the really talented keyboard player, did something like immediately that I would have liked done next. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, this is sweet. And that, and then uh, I think I was in the mixing room with them. I probably helped. I helped them with a couple little notes for the for the way their songs were structured. You know, simply just kind of like. Like spice it up, guys. Let's throw an extra chord in here. Or I'm I'm a I'm an add a chord kind of guy. You know, so, and then, and then what they really, and then I think I might have even had held a little more, um, done a little bit more work in the mixing, because, you know, it was just like, I was just hearing some things that weren't like lining up right, and somehow I was finding where parts weren't actually locked in. Mm -hmm. Just just because we were trying to mix two sounds that weren't really together. Right. And I was like, wait, wait, let me look at the wave files. Are those actually like, are those in time? And then, and then when we put them in time, I was like, they're a lot easier to mix. <laughs> so, but I do like my ears. I, 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 I trust my ears a lot. Well, yeah, you've, you've had them your whole life. I mean, it's... I'm pretty good at hearing things yeah. when it comes to music. You know? I might even be better at hearing things than I am at playing things. That's debatable. Well, I can't. Well, what if that, you know? It's interesting about it is like I can only I only play what I think I hear. True. You know when I'm improvising. So well, that's that is very true. Yeah. Will there ever be a Mystic Whip full reunion? Oh, we've re we've re we've been together before. We've done no, it. No, no, but I'm saying like from today moving forward, will it happen yeah, again? Well, I know that you brought you you guys you know you moved this and that all this happened, but I'm saying like. Will it happen again? Is what I'm saying. I think what would be more interesting, because I've spoken to Brad. I spoke to Brad when this whole coronavirus thing hit, and we we had some. We always do this. We had lofty plans of doing a podcast ourselves that didn't really happen. But he's in New York, correct? He left. Okay. And I'm, I don't want to say I'm totally up to date on his situation, but I, from what I remember, he's moving to South Carolina, where my brother is, Ooh. and it's where his younger brother is as well. That's kind of. Wow. Brad, Brad has a younger brother named Jeff who I don't I think he played 
maybe saxophone and band, but he's not a musician like Brad is. Brad, Brad's an anomaly in his family. You know, he's his dad would have rather. And I, I mean, Brad loves to golf. His dad loves to golf, but I think his dad was trying to teach him to golf. But Brad just used all the advice to practicing golf. No, it was a practiced attitude. The, oh, the, the okay. routine. Okay. I was I was getting into the like, aspect of the Yeah, I think his dad was like, for you to get good at golf, you're gonna have to swing a, a hundred times a day or something, right? And he said, I don't give I don't care about golf as much as I do about drums, but I should do the drums thing a hundred times a day. And I think that was really interesting because like, you know, here I, I came from a completely different household. Yeah. Where, you know, my dad's playing this is a story I always tell people. It's like, I invite kids to play N Nintendo over at my place, the, the neighborhood kids. And, uh, you know, they'd be like, we'd be playing, and all of a sudden, they'd be like, do, 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 do. you know, they'd be like, what the hell is that noise? And I mean, my dad's practicing trumpet in the basement, you know. I guess people just thought that was weird. Like, your dad practices trumpet? First of all, I was like, well, what is he practicing for? And I'd be like, I don't know. Well, that, yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> that, that's what you're like, yeah, that I don't know. But. Is he like, yeah, like, you look at him and be like, well, who's your dad? Is your dad some famous trunk player? Like, no, he just enjoys this. It's what we do in this house. Yeah, I mean, that's our form of entertainment. You no, know, I mean, it's like, because he would, my mom would be, we'd cook his, she'd cook his dinner, and each of the guys would go to a different floor. My brother would go upstairs to the second floor in his bedroom and practice violin, and I'd play piano. And my dad would play trumpet. And we wouldn't even do it all at the same time. It wasn't like routine, like some sort of camp or something. But we'd meander there. And like TV would be the interlude. Like I ate and watched TV before I played a little piano and before I went to bed or something. Or I, you know, I ate, I played piano, I played video games, went to bed. Yeah. I remember we all doing it. Yeah. In, in my youth coming home. My dad would come home from work at the time, and he would just want to listen to his albums. Like, the news was on at times, but it wasn't a big thing like it is with them now. But, I mean, then it was, it was like everything was centered around that house through music. All weekend music was playing constantly. At nights, until we had to go to bed, they had to stare at blasting. And I think that's what got me and just the idea of just wanting to hear sounds that I've never heard before, I guess. I don't know. But. So, when you were... So I met you as a student, and you were like 13 or 14? Uh, probably 14? 15, maybe okay. 14, yeah. The only reason I started playing was because Robbie Maine, who you also taught, him and uh, Mike, <gasps> Mike Daly. I remember him now. Yeah, they, uh, they started a band, and they were good friends of mine at the time, and they are like... Uh, we need a bass player and you're the one who knows more about music than anybody. I said, well, I don't play anything. I play the trumpet. I don't really like it. No, I just start playing the bass. So we actually got robbed. Ooh. My sister's crazy ex-boyfriend's brother was jealous of hmm. or his brother. So we found out later on that that's how we got robbed. But it turned out being very good for, for me because through that, like I had, I already had a shit ton of CDs. I mean, mm -hmm. I, and I, I remember like, we got the insurance check and I got like, I mean, as a kid, you're 14, 15 and you had like, mom's like, okay, you get $350 to spend. Right. So I bought a guitar and I bought an amp because that was right around that time. And I was like, okay. And that's what really yeah. started me like caring somewhat about playing music. I mean, to some degree, but I mean, out of that, yeah, out of that and I got all, you know, all brand new CDs and the, the ones I didn't like that I bought before I didn't have to buy again. I bought different ones. And... But they were okay with the noise. Yeah. No, they didn't care. 
That's I think that's the big that's the big bear. My mother always said I'm just happy I didn't have a drummer. Yeah, that's that. I mean, I, you gotta you gotta <laughs> give a special little prize to all the parents who <laughs> yeah. foster their I mean, drum, it, their drumming. If kids. I play too loud or whatever, my mom just said turn it down a little bit. I mean, I was just and I, I didn't have a giant you know amp at the time. It was a little PV. Actually, I still have it. It's, it's in my spare bedroom. It's actually for like the nightstand for whoever stays in right. my spare bedroom. But uh, yeah, no, I'd say uh, they they never cared. And they actually, they were they were happy that I was I was into it because they love music too. So uh, my parent, my dad, still he loves more than most people I know. He loves live music so much. He doesn't even care. Sometimes he doesn't even care if it's good. He's just excited for live music. See now, this brings up a question: Is Cornapalooza well, possible we'll, this year? We'll, we'll get to that. Are we getting into that? Yeah, we're getting into that. Okay. All right. So I want to know when 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 do sports come back? Oh, for from this thing? Yes, from the pandemic. Oh. And you're in your not not this year. Nothing. I mean, you you told me we talked the other day, and you said baseball's not. You don't think it's gonna happen. Baseball's not gonna happen. What have about you the read, NFL? You, yeah, I mean, baseball's not gonna happen because the players don't like the idea of any kind of revenue sharing or any kind of salary cap talk. And money in baseball is divided up differently than the other three major sports. And I think they already they had that one guy um, from Tampa Bay, Devil Rays, the Sneed. He's a pitcher. Yeah. I forget his first name. I don't know. But he's like, it's not worth it. Hmm. And um, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see baseball. I don't, I don't know. So if football does happen, is it going to be without fans? Is that what they're thinking about doing? Or, the, I mean, that's the only way it could happen, right? Yeah. There's nothing this year at all going back to mass production of people in an enclosed area. You know what it really, I think this, it has to do with our attitude towards it. You know, that's really what's going to open up the floodgates to whether sports can happen. Because some, if they do start a sport, someone's going to test, if they test all these guys all the time, someone's going to test positive. And then what do you do? Because that's what shut down everything to begin with. And then you hear the subsequent story that um, the dude from the Denver Nuggets gave it to another guy on the same team. Yeah. The name is Mitchell or something. Yeah. So, um, so we already know, and, they, and they, they're trying to say you can't take showers. I, I think it's just, just a disaster because what you're setting up is this, people are not going to know what the hell to do with themselves when people start showing up positive. Now, say you take that get guy out of there, he's already, you know what I mean? We, how long was his gestation period of the, the you know what I mean? He's just showing up positive. I don't even, do we even know if when you first have it, you're even positive? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, it, it's... Like, what is, there, like, there seems to be two versions of positive. Like, positive, like, I feel sick and I think I have it. And then positive, like, I had no idea. You know? I, and it's, that's the crazy thing. It's how it says how it affects people. Some people know that they have some. Other people have it. And they said they, have, they, have no, they don't have any symptoms. They don't even know that they have it. Well, that's what I'm saying. We can't, you can't solve the problem of stopping people from getting it. Right. So then it's, then it's really, well, it's, it's a virus. And that's what I was just listening. Like, it's never going to like, it's like, it's like, you know, the flu is a virus. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like you can inject somebody and like, it, it's still like, you can get a flu shot, but it doesn't mean you're not going to get the flu. Essentially, this thing is here forever. That's, that's what they're saying. Forever. Yeah. I mean, it might not be nearly as widespread, but they're saying a virus, you don't just, you don't get rid of viruses. They're always here. You could try, try to protect against them, but like, it's not like. There, there's something's created and it's gone. That doesn't happen. Or, or, or nobody would ever get the flu again. 
you know, they've fought that since the beginning yeah. of time, and people still get the flu every year. Yeah, no, you, you know? can't, yeah. I mean, influenza is, like, number six every year under, like, you know, heart disease and cancer and all that stuff. So it's in there, and it's in there because it, it's, 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 you know, it's what happens. My, my grandmother was 94 years old, basically lived with pneumonia for an entire year before she passed away. So it's a way to go, you know? If you can't breathe, your heart pumps faster. Right. Your heart's pumping faster and it's weak. Yeah. It's going to run out. And um, it's just the way people very commonly die. So this is what I'm saying about this. It, it's our attitude. It's the way... The, all this virtue signaling that people are doing about, like, I just, all this stuff on Facebook about, like, shaming people for not wearing masks and stuff. I, I, that's going to kit sports from not... We're, we're too politically correct to have sports right now. We just are. We're, we're, we're living in a, such a PC world that, like... If you didn't... If you're a sports commissioner and someone gets sick of this while you open the sport well, that's it. Yeah, you're getting sued. And, and dies. Yeah, I mean, it looks bad. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, I don't... No, no, you can't... You can't defend... What are you going to do? Right. You yeah. have to... You basically yeah, have no, to... Nobody wants the blood on their hands. In right. General. I mean, if we, like I said, all it's going to take... All it takes is one case for one death, and that's like... Well, but, but, if but you would have never opened... Look, Kobe Bryant died. Do we, do we shut down all helicopter no, rides right. out over LA? Right, but I think it's just because they don't... They don't they don't know enough. And I also heard, the other thing that I heard with this was, the reason they're taking so many precautions now is because it is so closely related to the flu that they want to try to contain enough of it now because they think it's, it's going to come back when it gets cold again in the fall. Well, yeah. And they want to control enough of it now so it comes back because they're saying if they, they don't, they think they can't control it enough that it might come back twice as bad next year. Yeah, it happened in the 1918 thing was, I mean, the president got it the second wave. Wilson got it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's totally possible. But, I mean, I don't know. You, I mean, it's really, if you're, if you're under 45 or if you're under 40, I think it is, you know, it's really hard for it to kill you. It, right. has, it has to be really special numbers-wise, you know, percentage-wise. Yeah. And, and then again, if you're over 85, it's, it's you know, it's really, really, really scary. Meaning it could take, you know, maybe you had three to five more years and now you have three months, you know. And, and it also seems to be killing people really slowly. Like uh, that poor DJ who was did the stuff at Federal and... Um, yeah, the fish guy or whatever, yeah. It, you, you look now, I didn't mean to be... I don't know if this is macabre, but when I found out he passed away, I went to his Facebook page and saw some of his posts about his, his, him getting the illness. And he had been sick for, for six weeks, you know? He knew he had it, like, April 1st. Yeah. And he passed away three or four days ago. So that's, that's quite amazing to me, you know? Um, well, I mean, he was younger. Maybe his immunity. You're saying that it took that long? Or you're I, saying I you think it's quick that he died? You're saying it I'm saying that, yeah, that's breathtakingly long. Yeah. Well, yeah. probably because it's, I mean... I mean, I don't, know how, I don't know how personal. I don't know how. I don't know how healthy he was. I don't know, but I mean, well, just he, say he's normal. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. How how much? Yeah, because that's what's crazy. Like I said, you've heard reports that some people have it. They don't even know. You hear other people that say like 
they don't even want to live anymore so bad. The symptoms are so bad. They're, you know, they're, they got everything under the sun and they can't, they just, they're, they're so weak, they can't stand up. And it's just like, and it's not, it's, I mean, it, it hasn't even been just with the age with that, it seems like. It's, 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 just, it's, pro- it's just probably, it has a lot to do, I'm, sure, I'm guessing it has a lot to do with your genetics in general. Your gene pool of what you can fight with this virus and what you can't. I, I just think that like if you're looking for an answer, if you're looking for some entity or something in the world, I mean, you better believe in religion because if something, nothing's going to save you. The government's not going to save you from this. Your own, you know, who knows what you have to do to keep yourself safe from this. It's hard to tell. So what we have to do is if we want anything like sports to come back, we're going to have to chin up and take a couple of these. The, the paper is going to throw death at us. And they're going to blame anyone who doesn't disagree with dismantling everything, you know, shutting sports down again, that you, you have a black heart or you don't have any compassion or you're an evil person because you'd rather watch sports because one guy died voluntarily playing it. I don't know, you know? Well, Because that's what they're going to do. As soon as someone gets they're going to hit the papers with how dare I, I, these no, it's, evil it's, sports fans demand yeah, sports. Well, that's, but it's, it's like, it comes to the point of how valuable, voted for Trump. How, valuable, how valuable is entertainment, you know? Is it valuable enough that people are willing that's to list their lives question. for it? That's an interesting question because we live in this world right now where you don't have to, you, what, you don't even have to have a garden to have vegetables. You don't have to do anything in the modern world to get, you, have, you just need money to get anything you want. Right. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I know it's. Uh, Elon Musk. Oh, I love him. I, I know you do. I'm happy. So when I talked to you the other day, when we were talking about finally doing this, we've been wanting to do it for so long. Um, it's great that his newest thing just came out on Rogue, and I know that you saw it. Uh, talking about the the Neuralink brain chip. Oh my chip. god! Yeah. Tell people. Holy, I'm sure. Holy crap. A lot of people probably haven't heard about this yet, but. Tell them, tell them what it is. So in the near future, they're going to drill a hole in your brain. And, okay. Within the next year, they're thinking they're going to do their first. Yeah, but this is going to, it's not going to, the way he described it, it's going to be for people who have severe brain injuries in, in the near, near future. So if you have a severe brain injury, like say you're paralyzed or something to that effect, he thinks this Neuralink, which is they drill a hole in your brain. About an inch diameter. Well, however thick your, your skull, is. skull is, because everybody's a little different, but right. yeah. And then they, they fill the hole with the neural link. It, you know, they t- you know, it sits flush with your scalp. And it has all these um, neuro threads that they um, very carefully put into your brain to stimulate the parts of your brain that aren't working. And the way he describes it, they're going to have... Um, you know, all kinds of paralyzed people might be able to use their limbs again and stuff like this. And didn't they even say like eyesight and everything could be corrected in the, anything? Yeah, anything. anything that the brain deals with. They said, and the, the the crazy thing, the way that he sound. I mean, if you've ever listened to the guy, the Elon talk, like the way that he like <laughs> the way that he talks when he said he, he said you know he's like, well, it's it's the brain at its perfect capacity. He's like, well, it might even be better than perfect. I'm like, yeah. they're like, well, what do you mean? He's like, like you see better than 2020. You would this and that. So any damaged area, what? So these sensors go in, these metal sensors, right? And they just stimulate, right? The damage, and it's because they say your brain's basically like a giant fucking electrical circuit, you know, circuit board. Right. They figured out enough of the brain now that they know what the electrical signals are when the brain should be working. 
So it seems like they're gonna able to synthesize this with the Neuralink. So, you know, again, it, you know, people are, um, have seizures. Yeah, I mean, anything, strokes. Um, I mean, anything under the sun, they were saying it could be, take you back to your, your, your most perfected state that your brain could handle. I mean, that's insane sounding, but. Yeah, I mean, he was saying, and later on in that conversation, he did get into like the more futuristic part of like a, an actual interface for healthy people in which you could sort of become a super person. Well, they said also like he's he's really trying to connect the phone to your brain. Yeah, you know that was the big that was the big thing I took away from it is like what he's saying is all I'm going to do is put your phone in your brain anyway. It's already attached to your hand, and it's a slow data conversion from your hand to your face to your brain. So we're just going to put it in your brain. I think that's (laughs) I think that's absolutely fascinating. Uh, and then he was saying how what in, he thinks within a, around 10 years from now, we could be able to just look at each other without speaking. Yeah. And he said this might, this might, um, yeah, it might get rid, rid of the need for language. Yeah. He said, you'll just be able to look at a person and have conversation without actually moving your lips. I mean, that's. Now that's going to have a lot of uh, interesting implications <laughs> with your significant other. Right. I was thinking you know, that like that could definitely could, or people you don't even know in public. I mean, like what you're actually thinking about them. They're going to, they're going to be able to read like, wow, you want to fuck me? So I'm just gonna, looking at me for two seconds. Yeah. There's going to have to be a button where like you could shut off sending out your signal <laughs> to everyone while you think your dirty thoughts. I mean, I just got into wearing sunglasses while walking, walking in the park. So my eyes don't. <laughs> freak anybody out i mean come on come on and sometimes i've gone days without seeing a woman well you you, you, you said to me the other day that like i said how's it he said well you know i go to the park and you're like you know but there's the women they're, they're so far away like, so, I, don't even, I don't even know if they're cute but i think i just almost hope that they are this long because i have just been so long yeah I, I could hear a, two women talking to each other across the lake and i'm trying to check them out from two uh, football fields away that's funny as close as i'm getting so yeah, so if you're so if, yeah, you don't want to have to explain, you know, some complicated why you're late thing, you know, and in a situation with your girlfriend, it's like you're trying to disguise your Valentine's gift to her. That's right. why you're late. Yeah, you're blaming yeah, it on, I'm throwing my friend Nate under the bus because I had to go pick something up. You know, I mean, she's gonna know, right? Yeah, I, I and they, but the, the, the crazy thing is, and he even says like, he's like, look, AI is like the future, but he's like. I'm not saying it's all, it's going to be a good thing. Like he's like, cause he's, you know, they're saying how like in the end they truly believe that it could take over. Well that, I think he's the, you know, the, the neural link is a fight against AI's, um, enhanced capabilities. So it's just to keep us up to date, date with AI. With AI. Yeah. yeah. Give us a fighting chance to make, you know, I mean, cause you're right. Saying it's going to happen regardless. We might as well be a part of it and try to, well, yeah, keep, you look, keep keep the humility that we have actually being humans. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Twenty years from now, it's going to look really weird. Yeah. I mean, it's moving faster. It's getting weirder. You know. That's. But I'm, yeah, the Neuralink and Elon Musk, among the other things he's doing. I mean, all these things where he's uh, you can get into like him trying to get to Mars, which is pretty amazing. Well, he was saying how he, he in the, in the interview about how he. He says, you know, I, I, I have all the tools. Now that he's, he doesn't like being a billionaire, he's selling oh, yeah, all his so, houses. You know, he only bought all those houses because they were adjacent to his other property. Right. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was very cool is he bought Gene Wilder's house. I think he's keeping that one. Oh, he, no, he's selling it. He's but, he, selling but here's it. the thing. But he put, the reason he said he bought it to begin with 
was because it was going to be a construction zone. They were just going to tear right. it down. Another guy was going to tear it down and, in the neighborhood. And he's like, he's like, have you ever been in this house? He's like, there's odd cabinet doors everywhere. He's like, do you open? There's doors that go to nowhere. He's like, it's just, it's like Gene yeah. Wilder's all through this house. And he's like, it's just awesome. So he actually put a rider in whoever buys the house. There's like, they're not allowed to fuck with the... Fair enough. Yeah. If they buy it, they're not allowed to... It, you know, it doesn't look like a terribly huge house either, the Gene Wilder house, from yeah. what I've seen on uh, Google Earth and whatnot. It's not it's not a, a mansion but, uh, that was, you might think. What was he saying? He, uh, what was I getting at with that? He's saying that... Oh, he, he said, you know, I, I could build the futuristic Jetsons home that I know that I would love, but he's like... How's that going to help civilization? Yeah, he, he's he's like you said, he's into the idea of more putting his because he owns what he owns he owns Tesla. What else does he own? What's the other the other whatever I forget the name. There, well, there's the, is there three there's, companies. There's Neuralink, uh, SpaceX, SpaceX. That's SpaceX, I think, is is that that's, that's like, sort of the two biggest. Yeah, and SpaceX is like NASA stuff to some degree. That's like, the private aerospace company, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. the that's the Mars thing. Obviously. Right, right. He's yeah. They, currently, he's working on the returnable shuttle. You know, they're looking at finding a way to to expand on NASA's shuttle to get you to Mars. So the man's just I don't know, he's so interesting to me. I was actually looking into it because people keep saying, when are you gonna get a new car? So let's pay it off. There's no my car's not any problems. I don't mind my car, but I was looking like if I ever I was I like now you can get a Tesla three and I was looking at them like I, there's no waiting list anymore. I could get one shipped to my house in four to six weeks. Oh, yeah. But I, like, I was thinking, okay, they started 35, but like with the spec, you know, the specs that I want, I'm looking at like 49K oh, yeah. for what I want. But still, that is $49,000 for a car that is badass, electric car, that, the best part, for $7,000 upgrade, which is totally worth it to me, drives itself completely. Completely drives itself. Yeah, that's kind of scary though. Dude, to go across the country hammered, taking pictures out the wow. window, I, you're not driving. It's probably not legal. It's not legal. But I mean, listen. When I was in Vegas last year for a bachelor party, there was the point where I got like we were, we were getting a lift, and I, I get this notification that says, depending on the availability, whatever, you may or may not have a physical driver in your car. Uh. And that was a year ago. Yeah, over a year ago. Yeah, you know, it doesn't scare me at all. And he was even he mentioned that he says that the the fatality rate. He says, he says, you're more likely, low. you're more likely to have human error than, than this for sure. No, I think the one time that one of the self-driving cars really messed up is that it slammed into the side, it T-boned a, a very large white semi-truck. And when they, I think they looked at the data and there was something like it couldn't see it because it was so big and so white. <laughs> so there are, there are some things, you know, I yeah. think. There have been accidents, right? You know, it's right. It but, hasn't been, but I mean, you're also you're also kind of trusting a lot of the other people that are driving around. Your that's car, the thing, which is sort of where I kind of draw the line on like how comfortable I am with the automated driving car. Well, they say now that like I mean, not even just with. The I'd rather all cars be automated, uh, being automated. Well, so so like like no, that's what like Honda. Other people have technology now where like if you go to if you go to go into or somebody whatever, like your car will sense. Something close enough to you, and it'll it's, it's instantly just slam the brake. But then there's that there's that idea though is what happens when the computer systems start, start deciding how the accident's going to happen. Meaning, meaning, I've, I've read this before 
that the computers might decide who dies in an accident if yeah. an accident is, is unavoidable. Oh, wow. You know? That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Because, I mean, you remember, I mean, so the computer only knows what evasive codes you give it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So it's only going to know what we tell it. So that's why it's like, it's really interesting. What if a self-driving bus, you know, this is that, this is that, like, this is that, like, uh, question that quandary it's like um what is it okay so there's a train coming and it's gonna run over a person or if it doesn't run over a person the train flies off a cliff so it's like you're gonna save the one person from not getting hit by the train or you're gonna save the train from flying off the cliff you know what i mean so like what if there's a bus full of 50 people and the car the bus isn't smart enough to save the people and it avoids a car, right? So it avoids a car to fly off the road. You know what I mean? Right. That's but, not good. No, because... Plow the car over if right. you're the bus. Right. Well, if, yeah. So, so looking, does it know that? Right. You're, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. Because you, you're saying just strictly on numbers alone, less people would die, is what you're saying. If, you're, if the car was going to get... Like was, if, if, if there was going to be death from either vehicle, mm-hmm. you would say, regardless, it should be the car that's dying. Because yeah. just, just for the, the, the aspect of fewer mortality rate. Right. I mean, so it's just, like the bus has upgraded version 5, and the car has version 3, and I don't know. I, I just don't know what it, I don't know what it really quant- works out in the real life for like that shitty car that's being maybe self-driven by a dude. You know, is aiming right for a bus that can't avoid it. Does yeah. the bus know to just ram it? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Or does it just... I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I didn't. I never really liked flying. I'm not afraid to fly, but oh, I hate it fucks with my ears. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. I don't, just, people were just coughing. There's no room. I mean, it, 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 there's reasons I don't like it. But now with this, it's like I really don't really want to fly. And I started thinking, like, man... Self-driving car. And I think it's not, and the thing is, you don't have to use, like, the car, you can mm-hmm. drive. You, it's just an option for you to let it do its own thing. You right. know, it doesn't have, like, you can still drive the car. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just, if, fuck, if you're getting sleepy at night and you want to keep driving, dude, just put that fucker on autopilot and just fucking cruise and sleep for a while. See, I just envision a completely different vehicle than the way cars look now if that's going to happen. Like, I don't want, I don't even, I don't care about a steering wheel if I don't have to drive it. So, like, I kind of want pods, you know? I want a relaxing, it doesn't, I mean, I don't even care. The seat doesn't even have to face forward at this point for me, you know? I'm looking for that, like, that backseat limo vibe with the the self-driving car. Because I could could warm up, you know, I could could practice my guitar on the way to a gig. You know, I could could sleep, like you said. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you could drink with your friends. You could get an open container, but if you're not technically driving, I mean, that would be an issue. Yeah. But if you're just like, look, I'm not driving, clearly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that I spent enough time at the bar <laughs> that I don't need the in-between driving time. I'm just true. saying, if you're going to take it's a five-day road trip, who doesn't want a roadie with them, I would you know? I mean, a road trip. Yeah, you're, I mean... I mean, why not? If, if you didn't have to drive, if you're on an airplane and you, you're on a delay or this or that, like, you know, like... If you're gonna have a drink, then what's the difference between being in a car and having a drink and being on an airplane if you're not actually driving? Like I, I say this all the time, and this is nothing to do with self-driving vehicles, but like if I go somewhere and we're going to a concert, this that, and people want to drink and I'm driving, I say yeah. If you want to drink in the car while I'm driving, I don't care. If we get pulled over, it's just an open container because I'm not going to be drinking. I don't care. 
It's not a big deal. Right. So I'll, I'm already willing to take that risk. I, I don't care about that, I guess. Is what... I just don't know self-driving cars are one of those things, like one of those technologies we really need. Like, remember when before the Zoom thing and people's isolation and this whole stuff, video chatting was scuffed off by people. I mean, I know there are some people that like, you know, but that took a long time to warm up with people. Face, they put the FaceTime thing on your phone. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's do Jetson. And I didn't see anybody doing it. And I feel that people that do it in public, it's rude. So I, I started to think about, well, you know what? Do we really need video chat? It seems to be like that technology we don't really, people prefer to just text and talk on the phone, you know, right. to, to get the message across. And, it's like, oh, I gotta look a certain well, way. That's the thing. Yeah, people, people get awkward um, with no having to make that much direct eye contact. I don't like, and also I don't like the idea that sometimes it's like, say I was, I wouldn't video date, you know, because I feel like I would judge their background of their house. It's like, it's like, it's like when you're, you got, when geez, you meet that's somebody, the color you picked. Right, but when you meet somebody, <laughs> one of the later things you do is you go to their place. Well, I don't know what kind of what kind of time you're meeting. This could be a drunken thing, one night stand, but. Going into somebody's house is pretty intimate. Yeah. And that video chat just, boom, puts you right in their space. Yeah. And I think people are real judgy. You yeah, know? no, I, you make a solid point with that. That is that is true. I mean, that you, yeah, you're in someone's home with them. Like, not physically, but yeah, you're seeing what's going on, what it looks like, what, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, no, you're... You know, in my place, it looked like, um, I don't know if you, you don't watch Parks and Rec, but there's the character Ron... You know who lives simply, and then there's another character on the the. the yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. Azir Azir guy, um, his name's Tom, Haverford in it, and he's he's very much like his his apartment's beautiful. You know, he, I don't even I don't even know how the the show they do this because he doesn't have any money. But see, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't have a real pretty place. Doesn't mean I don't have money. Doesn't mean I don't have style. It's just I people are gonna judge me. Yeah, it's pretty plain Jane. Yeah. I've been, I've been told that my house looks well, look like a frat house. Met a little multiple people. So I've heard it all, but I, yeah, you, I can't, you can't judge a single man. You know, you shouldn't judge a single man on his dwelling. Yeah, but because it, it says way less about him than it. I mean, women are nesters. That's just the gender. I don't, I don't mean to be you know it, genderizing no, people, but it, I mean you take a. a a 50-year-old or 40-year-old or 30-year-old man and woman and you say, you know, what's important in your house? And you're right. I'm sure that the diff- there would be differences. Yeah. The I'd man be would be like, how close am I to this and that? And the woman would be like, well, this, but the, the presentation, just like, you know, yeah, there's, there's, you know, if there's I had, If I was living with, with a woman right now, I would be video chatting everyone because my house would look nice. <laughs> It'd be the same house, maybe even the same, most majority of the same stuff, you know, but yeah, they just know how to do that and I know I don't. You're not just a musician. You also do what as a job? Oh, I, I actually, do, um, yeah, I, I, it's medical insurance. It's, it's, I tell people why you need an MRI, to put it as simple as possible. It's, uh, I used to be a marketer. I, used to, I worked for a doctor, and we do medical marketing. So instead of like doing drug marketing, and like, you know, I, I put on a suit and go to the offices, see patients, and say, hey, Send them to our radiology facility. And then one day I realized there was this busy work that they had to do, like this little hump they had to get over, a 10-minute phone call to, to facilitate sending patients to us. And after a little bit of legalese and whatnot, we figured out it was, it was okay to do, you know, with the HIPAA laws and whatnot. So I became a third-party 
that just does that busy work for our clients. So it's it's pretty mundane. Out of the house, obviously here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, you know, it's why, why does um, Joe Schmo need an MRI of the lumbar spine? Well, you know, he has numbness in bilateral legs and his back hurts. He's did physical therapy, but it doesn't help. And they, then they give you a code. It's, so, but I mean, see, the only thing about it that says, this, this is what's most interesting about my job, is because I had this, I had this I've, I've had very few visions or like moments in my life where I could define who I am through it or like what I wanted and then something. I remember being in math class at like 11 in the afternoon and looking out the window in Boardman at like cars going by on Market Street. I must have been high up in the building because I could see out on Market Street. And um, I was like, those can't all be grandma and grandpa's driving around. Cause, and that ain't our parents. Every, I looked around in the classroom and I'm like, well, I know my mom and dad work. And right. This kid lives on my street. I know both his parents leave every morning. Right. It's like, who the fuck are these people driving? Going willy-nilly wherever they want at 11 o'clock in the afternoon. I want to be that adult. And I was, I was really kind of conjured up this real 90s slacker dream. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think like all of Portlandia, the show makes fun of people yeah. like this. Yeah, you yeah. Know, but I'm yeah. totally that person. <laughs> I just wanted a job. I wanted a sneaky little job that I could just do whatever the hell I wanted all day. Without having to work for the man, work when you wanted, work when you didn't want to. Or... You know, it was so weird, and I know, and I never had it. I worked for ten years without ever having anything remotely like this. You know, and then when I got that one job for the for the doctor, it just it just started to show itself. Like this is possible. Like you got this one little angle on this, and mm-hmm. you know, the doctor likes how we bring in the clients are happy, your employer's happy. You're doing something from just your phone that can be done anywhere. You know, so I slowly it was kind of convinced my bosses that that should be my, my job. Nice. The time. And then I was like, secretly fulfilled a, 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 a lifelong dream of not having to work for the man. Work for the man at all. Yeah, and at the same time, see, what was interesting is I never wanted to, since I wanted to play music, I knew I wasn't gonna be rich doing that, even if I, even if I was good. Yeah, because you watch that's, VH1, that's such a small. You watch VH1 storytellers, and you realize uh, Billy Joel got all his money stole. Even and he, and like, oh, that's Billy Joel, and he's broke. Right, right. Well, I guess that makes sense. Nobody makes money. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, it's it's very slim. If you so I was I never well, I never fantasized about. So when you know you, you somebody threw a a, a a middle of the road annual wage you know salary at me, I'm like. Of course, yes, this is all I ever wanted. You know, I'll take, you know, and I mean, you know, yeah. So I, I'm really happy about it. It's, I don't think it's the sexiest thing, you know, and it's really weird because I've been doing it for so long. You start to think like there's this idea that you have to keep on like developing as a person. I'm struggling with this right now because I kind of like that people like that I play guitar and then I figure out a job that doesn't piss me off. That I get a lot of control over my time. Yeah. And I think a lot, it's like, well, that's all I ever wanted. And I guess now there's this urge, like, well, now what are you going to do? It's like, I don't know. what, Do what I want to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what Usually it's, 
it seems like usually it's a lifelong goal for people to find out like, you know, it's usually like retirement or this or that, but it's like, well, this is what I've always wanted and I have it now. So I'm, yeah, I'm kind of retired yeah. in a lot of ways. <laughs> like, but I know that's really unsexy. That's really yeah. unsexy to certain people. Yeah, I, I was, I was. It wouldn't be to one, me, but I mean, I'm not. See, I was me. seeing this one girl, and and you know, she was telling me some story about an ex that she had, who was very wealthy, and he wanted to retire at the age of like forty something, and she was like, "And then what are you gonna do?" And I was thinking, "Well, I don't know. He was retired. He did everything he wanted to. He's just gonna enjoy life, right?" Yeah. So I don't know. I, I some people, I don't know. I, it seems to be like, you know, this suspended adolescence, this arrested development a lot of older adults are in, never ends. Right. Like, I think some of these, these like, I don't want to, you know, there's me. I could be like a spinster male musician who doesn't know, can't self-realize. But right. there's also like a, a selfish yoga spinster instructor. It's like my female opposite. And neither of us are going to stop being this till till we're, yeah, yeah. till we're done. Yeah. So it's going to definitely look more unhip as we get older. That <laughs> could be. Yeah, it's like okay, I'm going to be a minor league baseball player for the, the rest, rest of my, my life. life. Yeah, yeah I'm content with that. Yeah. You're not getting called up. That's okay. Uh, best bar in Youngstown. I draft house is where I. Go. I didn't knew that was going. Uh, do you want to know why though? Well, I mean, it's like Cheers, right? Okay. Yes, that I do know. That's where everybody knows my name, right? You know, I, I the bartenders are great people. I, I like I like everything about that bar. I miss it dearly. I really do. I mean, the one thing about this is that the, in, in all the people that I know there. So yeah, it's, that no, I mean, I did. I, I only say that you know that no no flinch at all draft house because there are places like like. Um, noble creature that I don't really think are bars you know yeah they don't have that dirty two o'clock feel because they don't do they don't, they don't do they're that. not open yeah <laughs> that's a bar yeah well, I, I, I mean dive bars are usually my favorite brewery noble creature yeah uh, a shout out to birdfish and modern methods though <laughs> Yeah. I'm just I'm twenty. No, there's I'm nothing 25, wrong with that. I'm twenty miles away from each of you. No, yeah, and that's and drinking is what it is. Yeah, so and not, hard, and, and not that Ira does just an okay job. He's phenomenal what he does too. Ira makes really good fucking beers. Really, I mean, some of my favorite beers I've ever had came from him. And I can't. I mean, it's the one place I could say that every single beer I've tasted, I've been like, wow, that's that's something. I've never. Yeah. I've been disappointed at local breweries before, so, mm -hmm. you know. Where's the best food in Youngstown? I know that's an open-ended question, depending on what you're moved for, but... The best food... I do like food. What's the best place to eat? The Youngstown? best place to if eat. You, if, some, if somebody came here and they're like, Dave, you gotta... Sh just where, where can I find something? I'm like, man, I'll remember Youngstown ever because of that, what I ate. I don't think you could go wrong with the Springfield Grill. Um, that's kind of like our family. If we go to my, celebrate something, we go to Springfield Grill. That's literally one of like three restaurants left that my my families will go to. Because all my fam everybody in my family is phenomenal cook. So like to actually go out anymore, they don't even enjoy it like we used to because everybody's become so good at cooking and and making things that they enjoy. So now it's like if we do go out, it's like there the chop house. Or, uh, what, um, I, I tell you what, I, I really do enjoy uh, the bistro downtown. 
food-wise. I really, I liked, I liked the menu because it's very different. And I, yeah. I've never had anything there I didn't like, though. I think, yeah. And then I think Octavio, you know, at, Spring, at the Station Square. I, I would say, you know, those are kind of two local fine dining establishments. I'd also say that, you know, I've never been disappointed with Alberini's. Yeah. But there's also one thing I don't like about Alberini's. It doesn't have windows. I don't... Something about that that's weird. And for a restaurant. It's dark. It bothers you for a restaurant. But not yeah. a bar. It's different. Right. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. But, uh, but... Because I'm saying that the reason I ran it because the draft house doesn't have windows. We don't really have uh, super fine dining establishments here. We have but like four or five of them. And yeah. we just named three of them. Right. You know, um, and that one's just too dark. You can't see your food. <laughs> uh, too moody. What do you see happening next? Wait, we should do pizza and stuff. So well, let's do okay. more food. Okay, good. Let's that's do more food. Yeah. So, there. So the next thing I'd say, like barbecues, is an awesome, like something you can't really make at home as well. And I mean, Space Cat's unbelievable. But then, a lot of people don't know about Cockeyes Barbecue and Warren. I've heard about which this is place. like holy shit, awesome. The kid that works with me, Ray, he lives five minutes from there. Oh, he said, I, I he, he said, he said he goes there weekly. He says, this is the best barbecue I've ever had. He's yeah. been all over the country. He goes, I'm not joking. He goes, I, he goes, I didn't even know about the place when I moved here. He goes, I was going to the store one day. I just stopped. I was like, oh, barbecue, whatever. And he's like, it's the best barbecue I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah, it's really good. And they have a lot of different stuff. It's, you know... As much as I like Space Cat, it's, you know, it's a little bit more of a food cart or a, a you know, a small or operation with a small menu. Yeah. With really, everything done very, very well. But Cockeyes runs, they have a large menu and everything's really good. Yeah. Because yeah, you can get catfish and brisket. Yeah. And they have, and also they do something that like I won't, don't necessarily would like. And that is, not all your food is made to order from them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you, that's how they're able to pump it out, but it's still good. Yeah. yeah. It's still really good. And then, so let's do pizza. A big New York style pizza. So Republic and Nap, uh, Bella Napoli's. I just had that last week. Bella Napoli's is, is really good. And Bruno Brothers, I think is the original Youngstown New York pizza. And then, um, I really like Republic pizza. I'm not a huge fan of Wedgwood. I don't like the don't sauce. Don't get it. Don't like Yeah, the sauce. Is it too sweet? It's, it's too sweet for me. Yeah, and yeah. they put a lot of it on. Yeah, I've, I've never liked Wedgwood pizza in my life. Yeah. Um, and then, like, there's there's a kind of like, yeah, boy, you know, Coke is, I love that pepperoni roll, but I rarely don't, I rarely think their pizza is exceptional. No, yeah. I like, they, Ab, I like Avalon a lot. Avalon no. gives me terrible heartburn. I like their, I get their white pizza. They grease their pans with something that just I can't goes right through me. Really? Oh God! Ah, see their crust. I love I love their crust. That's but you know what I mean? There's something. No, yeah, there's definitely something, something greasy on the outside of the crust. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you're right. I don't know what that they. I don't know. I don't know either. It's probably like some, some synthetic lard that I just that doesn't agree with me. Although I, I just what did I I just had pizza from Westside Bowl a couple of weeks ago. And maybe that's why I really like New York style pizza because you know you think about it the the fairly dry dough hits the stone, you know the six hundred degree oven. There is not there's very little grease on the you don't have to get it out of a pan. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be hard for it'd be it, it you know and they do it at Westside Bowl is a is a panned pizza. It's just it's a hard sell for me. Yeah. 
Although they have interesting, what are they? The pickles is their. their, their yeah, that thing hit the internet like a storm. Yeah. Pickle pizza. I got it with like vegan cheese, pickles, jalapenos, and mushrooms. It was actually it was pretty good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's a good pizza. It's yeah. a good like. It's a fun, fun pizza. Right. Because there, there's totally fun pizza. Yeah. You know, and then pizza. Well, I know people who love fucking Chuck E. Cheese still. Go to yeah. Chuck E. Cheese just to get the pizza. I'm like, oh, oh my God. I listened to a whole podcast about the animatronics of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> it was super interesting, dude. Uh, when I was a kid, I always got freaked out by the, the robot. Do you know they weren't for kids? Really? Those were for, well, they put, the, the animated show was in the lounge where you didn't know they were serving alcohol because you didn't care. But if you ever noticed, that stuff was all where the parents were hanging out because the kids were in the arcade. Very true. And, and that's because, remember, there was the king. Right. I mean, this is 1980 for me, 1985. Right. Elvis is dead, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that... The illusions for the parents. Right. No, that's true. I never... No, okay. That makes a lot of... Yeah. That was... It was... Yeah, because it was like they would sing and shit, right? And like... Yeah, dance. but they would sing like these... If you... There were parody songs of old things that only the parents knew. Yeah. And, you know, it was... It, all Which that, is probably... Because... Okay, so that would make more sense of me being as a kid. I was like... I didn't really... That's like my least right. favorite part was Or it that. scares you, right? I was just like, yeah, this is weird. I would go like... You know, what the, everything else, like you said, the arcades and everything else that you would do there. But yeah. But yeah, maybe that was for the parents more entertainment. You know, you know at one point that there was there was two franchises, and I'm forgetting the name of the other place. There's like Funtime Movie Zone. Funtime... Funtime Pizza? Funtime Pizza or yeah, something? Yeah, I, I remember that. There was, a, there was a competition for Chuck E. Cheese. They ended up merging, and there are two different forms of animatronics, you know, collided in a weird way. That they, um, because there were definitely two different sets. Yeah, and there was a kind of like a, a lot of that stuff goes back to Disney. So the animatronics you saw in Chuck E. Cheese were a direct ripoff of some of the real good stuff they had at Disneyland and Disney World. So that's where they got the idea to bring, you know, to have that. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Comes from. And of course, Walt Disney's ones are just. They were super ahead. They're, they're super way better than what. Um, if you think about that whole Jaws ride, right? It's for a mechanical animated Jaws to come scare the shit out of you, right? Right. right. And that was able to do that successfully enough. And those Chuck E. Cheese things are scaring kids and making parents want to have a drink. So they're very different levels of. Uh, and I think that has to do with it had to do with whether they employed hydraulics in those things or not. I think the hydraulics ones were the jerky ones. Hmm. But um, oh, that's great. Well, you said you wrote, watched the podcast. Yeah, those, so I, I, got, I got totally gotten the world of those. I've started watching videos of. Uh, so people now have bought those animated things. Put them in their house. Put them in their house, and they they know how to write. They 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 write music for it to move to. Wow! <laughs> and they put it on YouTube. I'm gonna have to look this up. <laughs> it's on there. Yeah, it's I'm crazy. Gonna, I'm gonna have to look it up. <laughs> What do you see happening next in the local music scene? Oh, well, what local music scene? I mean, it'll have to start again. From what we got here. Yeah, I mean, uh, this goes back to like, well, I don't... Forget the pandemic. Let's say, let's, let's say the pandemic. But it's, but it's what you gotta talk about. There's no way around it. I mean... But I mean, that's not... I'm saying my question not pertaining to because of the pandemic. I'm just saying, is, like, what's gonna be the next thing that's gonna happen as far as musically... That's going to come out of Youngstown is what I'm asking. Mm. 
Um, well, I don't know. Maybe with the lack of shows, some bands are going to have the, the only outlet is to, to write and record new stuff. And, um, I mean, I didn't go see Nirvana play live before I heard Teen Spirit and thought it was like the shit. So, right. you know, it's, uh, I mean, any of these bands from, um, I mean, Northern Whale or, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to be hip here and name some of the, some of the younger bands. I mean, there's, um, East Ninth or whatever. East Ninth and, uh, is it Northern Whale? Yeah, that's a name. Yeah, Northern Whale. And there's another, or like the Lobber Brothers, or some of the some of the more of our peers, like the Vindies and the Radio Larks and the Whiskey Pilots. I like saying those two guys close to each other. I know, <laughs> I know the love that exists. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about that. How much I love that, but maybe that's, I shouldn't. Oh, wait, that's that was a whole. We did a whole podcast on that with those guys. Yeah, I should. I should, maybe I should listen to what they said before I say something. Because yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not particularly on side. I just love the drama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so enjoying it. Well, it's really the lack of drama because it's one-sided and just basically how it, it, it's, it became a big deal for no, for no reason, basically. Right. Yeah. You know, so, at the, the, you know, we had been, it had been a very pleasant scene for a long time. In the early 2000s, a lot of the metal bands didn't like the jam bands. The cover bands didn't like the original bands. There was a lot of like politicking. There was more venues. Bands certain had like little weird holds on certain venues. Yeah. You know, you couldn't like certain bands couldn't play at Nyabingi just because of the style. Right. You know, that didn't never made any sense to me. I agree. So yeah. music so the scene then it got then it got really cordial and like everybody was cool with everybody. And like strange bands with different genres were sharing the stage, you know. Just because they were the bigger acts. Which is great, because that's when you see, like, when you go downtown, you run into so many different artists. But it's like, it, I think the big thing now for the scene is it seems to be a lot of, we're getting a, we're, like, there's, I don't know many cover bands anymore. That's not really a thing like it used to be that I, like, you know, I mean, there's, I'm not saying there's none, but, like, now it seems like anybody that I know, they, they do their own shit. Like, it's, it's, it's all, and it's not, you, you don't just hang out with your style when it comes to your friends. Like, yeah, like you said, like, it's, you know, jazz musicians hanging out with jam band players hanging out with like it's just a little bit, but it's like, hey, you do your own thing and it's cool, and we kind of do our own thing. But it's like it's nothing alike, but it's like, yeah, which I it's great because there's people liking the the artisticness of music, and I and I I think it's very, it is very cool from where it's at right now. Well, going back to staying, everybody's staying cool with each other and getting along. One of the things that, and I'm not saying this happened, and I'm not I'm not trying to. I just, in my mind, this is a rule. If you're a Youngstown band, you're always, make sure everyone always knows you're from Youngstown. A lot of, I feel like there's this temptation for bands from here to like, try to become a Cleveland band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, just represent Youngstown. It's, it, especially if that's where, you know, if, you're, if you want to move to Cleveland, if the band moves to Cleveland, by all means. Right. right. You know, yeah. by all means, be a Cleveland band. But at least rep us, you know. Yeah, like, when you are out of yeah, Youngstown. Yeah, when you're out, when you're out of Youngstown, tell everybody that you're from Youngstown. Because I think that's the one thing you can do. If you're the lucky band that gets to go further than the rest of us, you know, just do that. 
You know, make I, sure everybody know you come from our scene. I think the the, the coolest, and I even as huge as they they they've become and got, uh, I've never got to see them. I've actually had tickets that were canceled in the last year, and I had tickets for the Rhyme and Reason tour when they were supposed to play with the Beastie Boys years ago to see Rage Against the Machine. And but every live show that I've ever seen, they do. Zach gets on the mic, and the first thing he says, "Good evening." We're Rage Against the Machine from Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Like, like, like everybody knows that. But, like, and I love it. Like, every show he starts that way. I'm like, yeah. that is fucking awesome. Like, I love that. Like, yeah, this is who we are and this is where we're from. And then they start playing. Like, yeah. every show starts like that. I'm like, this is awesome. But, yeah. I just, I thought of that when you said, you know, tell people you're from Youngstown. But, yeah, that's to the next level with that. Um, places you've lived other than here. Oh. Like New York, yeah, I know. New York, um, Brooklyn. And uh, I lived in lived in Beaver, PA for a while. Uh, that I did not know. Oh, yeah. What was that about? Was that a relationship thing? I was, yeah, I was dating. Um, I was, was living with, well, I previously, we weren't living together at the time. <laughs> but not because we weren't getting along. We okay. both moved to New York. And she didn't like New York as much as I did. So she came home before I did. For I think we were, to, we were apart. We were still together, but we weren't living together. We had a long distribution for a year. And out of that, it was a compromise. I said, you know, I'm not crazy about New York City. I'd be happy to move. As soon as you get a job, you know, that could help support me find a new job when I get home, you know, I'll move. Yeah. And in that compromise, well, where are we going to live? And I said, well, you know, I still want to keep ties to Youngstown. And she was a Pittsburgh girl. So Beaver was sort of 35 to 40 minutes in each direction. Mm-hmm. Nice little quaint little, it's a quaint little place. You know, actually we lived in um, Bridge, I, I lived in both Bridgewater, which really should technically be Beaver. PA has a way of dividing itself up that's just amazing. <laughs> there are, there, like, like it's, there must be a ridge of homes, you know? Yeah. And that's a whole town. Like eight of them. Yeah. <laughs> they like a little, like a little building that says like, one of the houses will be marked municipal building. <laughs> There's some small places in PA. And Bridgewater was like literally like if the Glen was a neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not, not the neighborhood, like like on a map with a line. Right. Right. Like right now we just know the Glen is like a a part a, a tight a place in Boardman. Right. But these places are all separate from themselves. Anyway, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. So I was in Bridgewater, we lived by a marina, a boat marina, which was fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. How old were you then, during, I mean, roughly? 20, no, I was 30, wait, I was 30. Okay. I was 30, it was 2010 when I came back and we were in Bridgewater and then we, then I moved to Beaver and it was probably that two and a, two and a quarter years down that way. Um, got my, got me and Zeppi were in the paper one time for throwing the Frisbee around. Nice. Yeah, like somebody... Some newspaper guy was like had no nothing to fill the paper with. Just like literally found a dude in the park with a frisbee. <laughs> that happened to be me. <laughs> and they filled up like this. You know, you oh, can't see sweet. my hands. It's, it's a two feet of newspaper with my picture of me and the dog. Oh, that's cool. The headline says like Wednesday's weather was nice. It was really silly, you know. But yeah. Uh, what's what's your what's your favorite city or place you've you visited? Oh, visited or been to? Or oh, been to. I maybe I could go to places I've like I've been surprised that I really really liked. I thought, I mean, 
Vail, Colorado is amazingly beautiful. Okay. I'm, I'm a mountain guy. Yeah. If you know, you give me, um, Beaches or mountains? Yeah, I'm with you. On on the thing, I fucking you know? hate the beach compared to that. I'd rather, oh, I'd, rather, I'd, I'd rather hike it. I hate oh, sand. sand. Yeah, I'm with you on that 100. percent Yeah. I don't even get why people. Honestly, I'm at the point right now in my life where the beach has very little appeal to me. Like again, it's like, you know, the, if I had an imaginary wife and kids could drag me out, but not much else. Although I do kind of like the beach at night. You know, mm -hmm. like the you know, but I mean, it's it's effing hot. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, so the sand is hot. Right, we're not How exactly the darkest. We're we're pretty white people, so yeah. oh, I don't even we're, burn. I, I I get like oh, like I get like olive tan. Oh, you're, tan. Oh, you're lucky. Yeah, I'm oh. got that Dago thing going on. So oh, I, it's not even that. I just I just I just do not get the appeal of it. And then and then also I don't I don't no desire to get into into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I don't like being wet unless I'm drinking water. I mean, I have no desire. I just, I, my mother used to beat my ass even to take a shower when I was a kid or a bath. I hated it. I just, I, and to this day, I still, I mean, I'll jump in when it's real hot out. I'll go to the pool and jump in or I'll go to a lake and jump off. But it's like, I don't ever be like crave the idea of getting wet or running through sand. You Never. Know, Am you I know just, what I like, want to do really with the water? Yeah, I'm into now. Sailing. Yeah. Oh, I would, I've always said I'd, I'd be cool by a sailboat. I would love that. I'll split a sailboat with you. Dude, I've said years ago that I just wanted to get a sailboat and just fucking see Dude, what happens. Five grand, we could. <laughs> we should do this. Yeah. I'm serious. Like a two person. It's a lot of work. They're called um, uh, um, oh, Flying Scots. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, the Flying Scots size would we'll, be great. We'll definitely talk more about this. That would be sweet. Well, I was in. I was, I, I was a fake member of. Well, they were trying to be nice, but the Berlin Yacht Club let me let me sail a lot and I'm not even a member just kind of like trying to get me involved and I, was, so, I was dating a girl and she wanted to sail we found the Berlin Yacht Club so you've done this multiple you know how to do we this we were in races we won a race oh, no shit yeah, yeah dude it's racing is sweet okay alright cool race, I mean it could be if there's not a lot of wind it can kind of test your patience you know right but I'm talking if you like want to talk about how it would be enjoyable for me to have like what do I like about the water you know I, I sail a lot I don't want to swim and be on the beach. Fuck, you know, have that shit. And I mean, I love the pool. Pools are awesome. You know, Pat's house is like paradise, right? Right. Yeah. You know, I'll go. I'll Pat's go parents' Pat. house. Yeah, Pat's parents' house. But I would tent up there. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, all yeah. summer, I just you know live out in the backyard. Yeah. Backyard. It's got the mosquito. Repellent. We're just gonna have to get in now that he's got a girlfriend. We're just gonna have to get in with his parents. Well, you are. I mean, you're in with them big time. Yeah. You should just start going over there, even if he's busy. I've been told that that's yeah. possible, but it's, it's always hard to tell when people say that stuff. And how much they actually mean it. I have, yeah, a friend of mine, they have a house in uh, New Hampshire, and I've heard the words, you can go up, you can go up there anytime you want, and I've never actually thought that was really what was being said. And it probably is what they, they probably mean, like, dude, go ahead, go, go stay up in the house in New Hampshire, and I'm like, you guys are... Too nice. Yeah. You, you yeah. own nice things and you don't want me there. <laughs> right. There will be a Cornapalooza this year. Yes. You've played, other than the trees, more than anyone else. Yes. Are you good for playing this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I even think, I even remember, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even do again what I did last time. I'm going to, I think I'm going to have 
a brand new one-off act. This is awesome because just you did a whole show about was it when you played cornstalk one year about the, the the pumpkin patch or whatever. You literally wrote it was either that or the corn. You did a whole entourage of yeah. just nothing but theme. I'm not saying that's what you're doing this time, but I'm saying but my point the with first that is, time I did it, you, I did you were by songs, yourself. I did songs where I put corn in everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then last year was a, a fake character, a fake country music character who wrote songs that I, that I secretly wrote. Yeah. So it sounded like secretly. A, a pen name. <laughs> I, I had a whole pen person, a, a ghost person. So you're, what, what are you going to go under the title of this year? Well, it's not going to be country music. Okay. I don't know what it is going to be. You got, well, it's what, the end of July, so you got... You got a couple months. But I haven't really even known. That's the first I've said it about. Nobody knows. So this is the breaking moment for the Cornapalooza talk. We, I think it's still going to happen. It probably won't be as big. I'm sure certain people won't come just because I get it. But it, obviously it's outside. You know, just yeah. you know, people distance themselves. You don't know somebody. Don't go up and lick their face and don't hang out. You know, just whatever. I mean, just people usually keep to themselves anyway. And it's outdoors. And it's like you want to be close to somebody that's on you. If you don't, I get it. You know, so it should be no big deal. Yeah, just leave a couple extra tongs out on the, you know, to grab food. The only thing that I feel, we might not have the food in the house. That might be something wrong, and I don't blame her for that. Because she doesn't like people in the house anyway to begin with, because it's like, you know, you have everybody running into the house constantly. It's just like, it's just a lot of chaos. So I don't know. We might try to do something different with the food situation, but then you get the bugs outside. I don't know. But uh, the other thing that I feel bad is like, obviously I don't pay people to play. Mm -hmm. And like, you have a real job. Or another job, a real job, but like, so you, you know, you're fine. But I'm saying, like, I know a lot of people who are hurting right now, uh, musicians in the area who I'm gonna ask to play. It's just like, you know, hey, you finally get a gig. I'm gonna ask you to do it for free. Well, you know? I mean, one of the things you guys haven't done is you could always pass the hat. I was thinking that possibly on the second to last song of everybody's set. Yeah, I was thinking about something like that. Just usually, do you MC it mainly? Me or my cousin Dean. Okay. Um, yeah, Dean does it. Dean, yeah, right. Dean's in Dean town. He it. enjoys doing it. I'm like, because I, I'm usually, where the hell is this guy? This guy's late. Right. This guy doesn't know the park. So it's like I got to deal with all the freaking musicians all day. You're, so. you're doing the behind the stage. Yeah. The uh, stage production, so you can't do front of the house. I get it. Right. But I mean, I, I, I for the corn corn stalks not usually as big. I usually do it for that. But you know, I I will probably do something goofy, but I also like. It was a little weird last year, you know, because essentially what I was asking everybody to do is listen to a new song for the first time. And I mean, that's, I mean, fine, you know, that's nothing to hold on to. It was, it was, it left me with a little bit of interaction that was a little lacking. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to do a little bit of both. I'm going to, probably going to do a little less crazy new stuff, but, okay. but I'll probably have a couple more things that you guys can hang your hat on, like, Back to like maybe some corn fun, you know. I need to. Re I'm gonna record the, the this thing this year. I think too. I got a GoPro. I got all the things. I just never. I need to just get my shit together and set it up on the stage beforehand. And just hit record and let it do its thing. And just that way I have it. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm excited. That's awesome. Good, cool. Um, best concert memory you can recall that mm. you've just craziest, best, weirdest, whatever. Uh, just, it'll sure just you... be the first concert I went to. Like, so it's like, I went, I was 15, you know, and I went to Starlight to see Fish. And someone's 
so one of my friend's cool uncle took us. So my friend's sister like had weed and you know, I've never seen a parking lot like like that, you know. I think I've been to a football game, like I've seen them match, what do they call that, the muni lot? Yeah. The Browns, I'd seen that, I'd seen drinking. But I never seen like open drug use in a parking lot. Yeah. I was 15 and fuck, I was like. This is for who again? Fish. fish. Okay, yeah. Now I don't even like fish, I didn't, I didn't even care it was fish. Right. It, again, like, cool uncle and friend's older sister basically drug us. Yeah. I, I got invited somehow. Right. And um, I'm, I, I just can't believe that the local news isn't here because everyone's just openly doing drugs. It's crazy. And I, I go into the show and I'm thinking I'm about to have a great time because it just seems like everybody's having a good time. And then I think the music started and like, I didn't, I didn't even clap for the first song. I was so pissed because I wasn't playing. Really? And then I knew That's was, crazy. Then I knew there was something really wrong with me. Wow. That like, I just didn't want to be on that side of, of it. No shit. That is crazy. Yeah, that's, but you've been to concerts since, and you enjoy I, it. I've learned to like, I've learned to enjoy other people's concerts. But it's still not your forte. As it goes it seems time. harder, it's, it's getting easier over time, but at first it was hard to go and have fun, like everybody was having fun. It was really hard at first. I mean, almost like I didn't like concerts. Because you, you wanted to be... Not, 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 not even that you just... But not even because you wanted the attention, but more that you just really wanted to be actually interacting with the musicians and playing yourself in general, correct? I was... Yeah, I mean, whether it was like... I could, you know, meet... You know, that this there's a little bit of like, I could do that, you know? Yeah. And then there was like... A lot of like, why aren't I doing that? And also like, I'd rather be... You know, the guitar tech... I, I started getting fascinated with like the roadies... You know? Yeah. Like, and it was like, so I, I sat through this concert I didn't like. Everyone wants to leave, and I'm like, I kind of want to watch so they break down the stage. You know, so it was, it was weird going and finding out how effed up I was. Like, to, to, like I was, I'm not set up, I'm set up to play a concert, not, right, to, not be, to attend one. Yeah, that's So yeah. it's like, I knew I was really weird, and I knew, I knew it was going to be hard for me to, to not. And when I was young, I could get like viscerally jealous of this. Like, and a lot of it was like, when you're that young, I would just think stupid things on the ride home or like, those guys probably all had parents that bought, whatever, you know, yeah. you think when you're, when you're that young yeah. and pissed. Right. I want to uh, blame somebody. That's, yeah, that's crazy. I did not. But I went to a concert recently, um, something just kind of, I, I saw this group to duo, because, you know, I play with Tara. I was playing Tara. Who knows if I'm going to play with Tara again? I don't know. Who knows? Who, I mean, what's the next Demos concert? Who knows? Right. So, um, I went to see somebody who opened up for Joanne Newsom. And there was this girl named Diane. Or it, it's, you know, the other guitar player's name was like Francesca or something. And I, I, I freaked out because somebody figured out how to make an acoustic guitar sound amazing in a large situation. And I noticed they were using this little elbow microphone that like was clipped onto the side and kind of drooped over the like a condenser mic right over the strings. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, that sounds so good. You know, because you plug an acoustic guitar 
into the Fishman pickup or the piezo pickup, and everything sounds tinny. Right. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. I think that's like its own little weird distortion to it. Yeah. Like, oh, like you can have a beautiful, rich acoustic guitar, and you plug that in, like, you go to play at Westside Bowl, and all of a sudden it sounds like, like a weird, clean electric, you know? But this, this these guys had it figured out, and they were dialed in, and it's like, that's an amazing sound. And then, I mean, other concerts that have, like, been blown away by people playing, you know, like, just virtuosic playing, like a Nat Cohen. Seeing her live was was unreal, and uh, just recently they had a guy named uh, Julian Lang over here at YSU about a year ago. F phenomenal player. I remember YSU. Remember seeing Chris Potter play. Just it's, it's like it's not even a concert. Like some of my favorite things are just seeing like a a really like I saw Christian McBride play like as far away from me and you in a, like a master class setting, or Manuel Barueco. You know, I played for Manuel Barueco one time. He gave, he picked up his guitar and took, you should phrase it like this. And I'm like, you know. Yeah. So they'll, I mean, they're not concerts, but they're just more of actual interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. All right, so who do you think is the two best NBA players of all time? Michael Jordan and LeBron James. That's okay. I already had that written in, but I don't want to go that far. Now, this is perfect because I actually, my question was Jordan versus LeBron. Who wins one-on-one? -on -one? <laughs> I mean, you want to say Jordan? I, I don't know. They're both, they're both, they're both good defenders. You know, they're not Gary Payton, you know, but they're both good defenders. I think there's some, I think there's going to be a thing. The edge that Michael has is that LeBron's always looked up to him, and if you've ever been in that situation, that could have something to do with the game. It, it'd be, yeah. it'd be, the question would be: Does LeBron think he could beat Michael Jordan? If he really does, if that's not a thing for him, then I don't know. Then it's a more fifty-fifty split. I, I just, but I think initially the intimidation is is. All on, Jordan. all on Jordan's like, like Jordan might like he might Mike Tyson bite your ear off and not just not to lose you know Jordan I haven't watched all this last dance thing I haven't seen any of it and I guess I, know, I, I probably should watch it because you know it's like kind of Jordan the uh, unplugged like you get to kind of see kind of how big a dick Jordan was yeah, right um, but yeah knowing that or hearing about that more would even make a one on again. LeBron James seems to be a jovial guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Like he came from even less than Jordan. Right. Well, I still didn't Jordan. Isn't the whole thing? And I'd say this to people they get mad when I say it, but didn't he get his dad killed? He owned all these gambling debts, and they found his his dad shot on the side of the North Carolina highway because yeah. he didn't pay his debts. I mean, that's how is that not ever talked about? Well, and that's, and I think it even goes back to uh, some of the people that, that Jordan was running a tab with were known nefarious characters. And like, like a gangster had like a $30,000 check from Michael Jordan, like when the police caught him or something. Yeah. There's some weird stuff. And I think, you know, when you get, if you get involved with the mob like that, or gambling or even any kind of elements, yeah, they'll, no, no, no. I mean, because I, I was told he, uh, he, he gambled on 
everything under the sun. He owed debt. I mean, not that he didn't have the money, but he just he owed people. He just didn't pay at times. Yeah, I think I think that there was a thing where like he wanted to. He wanted to double down, you know, and then and then he wanted to kind of laugh it off. But I think a lot of people were. But back to the actual, if the, I just, in my opinion, I don't know. I just feel like LeBron is too big and physical. Like, I feel like if he wants to drive to the hole, I don't think Jordan can stop him. Because he's just strictly on size would be my thing. That, so I, I would say just I don't think there's a person who could, if, any, if anybody played LeBron in his prime one-on-one, I literally... Not because he's from Cleveland, not because he's little. I just don't think that any. I think even the the taller, the Kareem's. Just I think he could beat him one on one. He's no, he's, he's agile enough. He's fast enough. He's stronger. I just I, I don't know. I I don't. I think he'd be hard to beat. I think so. You got to fa- so if you want to stop Jordan, you're gonna have to foul him probably. If you want to stop LeBron, you're gonna have to foul him. Yeah, but you look at Jordan's. His shot, the fadeaway, is unstoppable. Yeah, no, that's that is so. True. So what you have is you have like LeBron driving to the hole because he can't really pull up. He's not a good mid range shooter. No, that's his. That's and he, he thinks he can shoot that three still, and it's like I'm watching. But, but remember, I said this is it both in their prime at, at their very best. Even the games, LeBron's game hasn't really changed as much. He's become a bet, way better ball handler. You know, he, he, you know, I think he runs the floor with a little, I mean, obviously with a lot more experience he did in the first couple of years. I just, I just think the shot, Jordan's shot is just not going to be, it's going to be really hard to get a hand up there. And then, and then, yeah, you could keep on fouling LeBron, you know what I mean? And send him to, him to the, to the line. But I think ultimately Jordan can play enough defense to stop the downhill game. Yeah, and I think when he has the ball, he can post. He can just pull back whenever he wants and nail that shot. So, the the part about this documentary that I do want to see is someone. Well, I was listening to a podcast that they did with Eddie Vedder, and he was talking about because he's from Chicago and he was around during all that time, mm-hmm. and he's Rodman's a giant Pearl Jam fan. Oh, okay, huge. Like I mean, for like years. And why not with Rob? Right. right. And, and they said, and it was crazy because they were talking and they would say like, Phil Jackson was like, Eddie, he'll listen to you. He won't listen to me or anybody else. Like <laughs> we're in the NBA finals. Like just have him chill out for a night. Just, just have him chill out. And he's like, I'm not his mother. He's not going to listen to me. If he doesn't listen to you. Why would he listen to me? So he said, I remember he said it was like game, whatever. I think it was one of the, the Utah finals or whatever. And, uh, they're in Chicago and and uh, Robin's like he's like and he's like hey man good game and he's like he's like yeah he's like he's like hey he's like Eddie what are you doing tonight? he's like well you know we should just you know lay low he's like you want to just get a drink or something let's just lay low he goes, he goes no 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 he's like we gotta go he's like where are we going he's like we gotta we gotta catch a flight we're going to Vegas oh yeah I've heard about this yeah he goes there and comes back yeah stays up all night yeah it sees but he's like he's like he's like no you gotta relax you gotta relax so him and it's him and Eddie running through the through the the uh, the airport. And they ju- they get on the plane and they get and they get there just like next thing he says we're on, he's the next thing I know we're on the side of the stage and he's like Jane's addiction's on stage and he's like we're on the side of the stage drinking a modelo and he's like he like cheers him he's like see man relaxing isn't this relaxing yeah and, 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 and like Eddie just looks at him like he's like you know what the fuck do you say to that like really like this is I was just crazy I mean, that that was just him I mean the guy was I also remember when yeah when when they wanted to draft him. Uh, the Bulls wanted to draft him. Uh, Jordan, right? No, no. Rodman? Yeah, well, they he wanted to. the Pistons, right? Yes, he, came, he, was, he was in the Bad Boys. And they used to beat the shit out of Chicago oh, yeah, for yeah, years. Yeah. First couple years, right. Pretty bad. So that's why they were like, 
the old Bill Belichick, hey, Wes Welker used to kill us when we play against him. You're going to play for me now. So they, they were like, Dennis, we want you to play. You know, but there's a, he's like, he's like, oh, you pay me just like anybody else. Pays me. He's like, I'll play. Right? He's like, I don't give a shit. I'll play anywhere. You know, I he heard Robin didn't talk to people. So here's the thing. I they, heard he didn't talk to anybody in the locker room. They said to him, if you play here, Phil Jackson said, you, you got to do one thing for me. He goes, what's that? He goes, you, you got to apologize to Scotty Pippen. Oh, okay. He goes, for what? He goes, you dogged him his entire career. You've tried to hurt him. You've done this. Just, right. he, he just wants an apology. And Dennis Rodman goes, I'm not the guy for you then. Fuck that. I'll never do it. He goes, well, that's all I want you to do. He goes, then, then I'll go play somewhere else. Yeah. So he says, and Rodman says to this day, he never did apologize to Pippen. But he's like, he's like, apparently they wanted me that bad. He's like, he's like, but he's like, I'll never apologize to Scottie Pippen for the way he's like, he's like, loving war man's basketball. He's like, I was just trying to win like he was. You know, it goes, I think it goes to show that sometimes you don't have to totally like everybody you work with to be to be totally oh, efficient yeah. in work. Absolutely. In fact, sometimes having adversarial relationships could be, I mean, although it's probably stressful, more stressful than it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like I'd rather be in a band with people who challenge me than just my just based on friendship alone. So yeah, well, that would because that would make you better. Yeah, it's like if everybody's just you're, you have yes people around you, you're never gonna get any better, right? And when you have people who challenge you, you're gonna have to rise to occasions to to be better. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, did you happen to see the Beastie Boys documentary? I didn't. I tell you what. I tell on people Apple TV. Yeah, I I got it for like a week. I got it for it's like a week for free. I think I mean I, I definitely I know of it. The next day I just declined it so I didn't have to pay for five dollars. Okay. Yeah. That's, but anyway, uh, I I tell people who don't even know who the Beastie Boys are. I've seen so many music documentaries. This was done perfectly. I have never seen one done for any band anything this good. I mean, it starts at like twelve. It is so, and I knew a lot of it. But it's literally in chronological order from like 12 till today. And it is so, I mean, they do it so well. I, I was think, very impressed. I mean, the Beastie Boys are culturally significant, you know. Oh, on, on so many. Even within themselves, how they went from the, 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 the whole party vibe of how they got big. Who That's not who well, they the were. the punk band to the, to the hip-hop band. Right, but I'm saying, but when, when that uh, License to Ill came out and, you know, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, and they're like... You know, they were just making fun of frat guys. And then they actually started living the lifestyle because that's like the song, you know, you got to fight for it at the party or whatever. Like that was like the first thing that got really big for them. And how like they realized like this isn't even who we are. He's like, we're like bonging beers on stage. He's like, we're not, we, we fucking hate frat guys. He's like, and then we look in the crowd and that was our audience. So then they like stop playing and how they come back and how, you know, uh, Adam Yuck dead now through cancer or whatever unfortunately like how he went and did all these eastern cultures and went and did all this stuff and they started all these awesome charities and like they came back together and they just completely got got rid of rick rubin and like what changed after that was just it's it's, it's yeah it's definitely i mean it's worth watching it's very entertaining yeah. i mean yeah they i mean so many things changed in the 90s I think that you know they're they're there for all of the nineties. I'm pretty sure. I be I know they were yeah in the late eighties as yeah, well. They, but yeah, you know it was it's, it was a time where like the black white culture was trying was really mixing up a lot more. Like um, we were talking about basketball. You know everybody that Michigan team and everybody started wearing the shorts differently. Yeah, you know? well the shorts and the socks. 
Yeah. That they wanted yeah. what they had the, the like the, the the low black socks and the shorts, both things. Were right. Of that. Right. Yeah. Um, but you have a lot of like you have a lot of suburban white kids trying to find a door into black culture. Yeah. You know and I mean? these were three Jewish kids from Brooklyn or whatever. And yeah. And, crazy. And, and the people like Beastie Boys definitely made you feel like you weren't totally an alien. Like, you can like this. There, you can't... You can even maybe do it. I mean, you know, would there be an... I don't... This is maybe a stretch. And I don't, I'm not a huge hip-hop historian, but, you know, I, they, I mean, it made... It was easier for Eminem, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. You know, I mean, Vanilla Ice didn't help nobody. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know. Yeah. Well, what I thought was like those those two records to me the ill communication and check your head. I just like the instrumental track, like all that. Like they they knew how to play instruments a little bit, but they weren't they weren't like you know they weren't awesome. But they're doing these little jazzy things. I mean, I was just like, they were, then they do a punk song, and then they would do a rap, and they did, you know it was just like man, like it's just a smorgasbord of like anything under the sun. I was like, this is this is like art. This is this is art to me. You know, and I remember yeah. being young and hearing those albums, and I was like, I knew Sabotage, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, I listened to the record, and I'm like, wow, like, there's, like, grooves here and there, like, the, the, the lyrics are funny, like, but they're, like, they're kind of cool, and like, I, I don't know, I was just, they, they did so many different elements so well. I was, yeah, but the document, like I said, yeah, I tell anybody, you need it, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, at that time, during that period, that gangster rap was a singular thing from one place. Right. You know? Yeah, with, with a with a strict cast of characters. Yeah. So you know, underground, whatever you know that hit, and then Beastie Boys were like part of the underground below that that like kind of widened that the birth of that genre, and it was three white guys. Yeah, that's crazy. What is your drink of choice? I, I, Jameson and you know ice, you know. All kinds of ways of Jameson, and then you know, Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> All kinds of ways of Jameson. I was actually mixing Jameson with iced tea <laughs> last night, so nice. a little iced tea Jameson. I don't know. I don't drink the Jameson every day. You know, I I don't. I, I try to stay away from the the liqueurs. They're just, but I do have a beer. Me too. Yeah. I, if the sun's going down. Time for a beer, I guess. Speaking of which. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't usually call people when I go out. I feel you're kind of the same way. Um, oh, right. I love being out, and I look over, and you appear. And there's no small talk. There's no, hey, what's up? It's usually just direct, right into some just usually a direct comment on a topic or a question that I've never been asked before. It's real, it's meaningful, and at times, it sets a course for the rest of the evening. Good example of this. I'll never forget. I, I, I forget who I was with. It was just me or not. But uh, you just showed up one day. You're like, you know, I was thinking. <laughs> That's usually how it starts. Yeah. I just, I'm like, I usually instantly, my brain's like, yes, this is going to be something. And I, it, but like, I'm just always like, yeah, like who the fuck else would think of this? And it's like, this is how your brain works. Celebrities. Yeah. They got money. They got this. They got that. But there's no celebrity cell phone. They get the oh, yeah, iPhone I 11. That a lot, yeah. And I was like, I was like. Yeah, you're you're right. Like they have to, they might get it a week earlier or something, but like they don't have some super technology that we don't have. It's they're they can't get betterly more advanced than we can with the phones. Yeah, they might have better houses, 
No sp- certain people get stuff cars, for free, cars, cars but like big thing with rich people. You probably have the same phone as yeah. some celebrity that you adore. Right. And that's such a good point. Like it's like, yeah. But I mean that's it, just your topics and general stuff like that. I was always like, wow, that's Well, I you know, I've I've I mean I cut out a lot of the hey how's it going bullshit or I try to. I mean I it, when I was a kid I used to not say goodbye on the phone, so I just like hang up on people, like when the conversation I thought the conversation was over. Like That's my dad's so, mistake. So we're gonna meet? Yeah, okay, boom, done. You know? We finished the conversation. And that, I think I, I said well, you know, people are telling me that's rude, so I'll stop doing that. But so now I was like, well I'll play with the front end of the conversation and just go right into something. Because I don't know, you know, I don't know. People only have so much, I, I only have so much time. People only have so much time. So come, you gotta come fast and hard. Well, it's I a think, New York thing, really. I learned it. I really? Learned, I, I, yeah, I think when you move to a city, and... Yeah. Uh, well, the town's a lot faster, obviously. Just, I mean, it's from everything. You learn how to, like, get your deli order together. Right. You know? Yeah, because there's a million people in line. You gotta be direct. Oh, yeah, you don't have time to, hey, how you doing today? Good to see you. Like, you yeah, nobody gives a shit. Shame. What do you want? Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that makes sense. And if you can't, if you don't know what you want, get, get out of line. And, and I mean, I just, that, that attitude, it, it, you know, being 25 still and like kind of finishing, rounding out what my, I think my personality would be as an adult. It was like, why well, should start doing stuff like that? And then also, I'd say it's funny. I think you need to, you don't need to tell anybody you're going to say something interesting. Right. That's, just do it. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I agree. And I, and I, and the thing I'm is, not saying what I say is interesting. I'm just I'm trying. Right. To no. You, yeah. You're hoping that it is. And you're seeing if it's going to be. Right. Right. And I always tell people because like, my biggest thing that I like hate dating is I hate small talk. I, just let, tell me who you are. Give me a resume of what you're into and yeah. what you're looking for. I don't you – know, and not, not, not saying like, like that's how, you know, maybe like how a dating app would be. But it's like I just I, – I don't like the idea of – how was your day? Mm-hmm. How was your, like, if you say it to somebody every now and then that you don't see, but like to get in that routine for the, just the, the, the to say it or, you know, Hey man, good to see you. And like, just get, get to the point. What's up, man? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I know you're here. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk. Let's not just do shit that we don't care about. You know? Yeah. My favorite is honestly, it's like when somebody, you see somebody like you, they're, you know, follow up on some, Hey, did you get that? You know? buy that TV or talk, whatever you know it's like I like that a lot that's a great way to, to say hello to somebody so the last we were talking you were, you said you were going to go here how, how yeah. did that go yeah, yeah. Just starting where you let yeah uh, you've explained to me before the difficulty in being the band leader or oh, say right. a singer songwriter oh right yeah the self promotion oh god the ego you oh. have to have to get anywhere with it. Yes. Musically, I'm a hack. And I think even if I was really good, I don't know if I could ever really push myself on people. I put things out there, and if people happen to like it, it's cool. And they don't, if they don't, it's also cool. I, 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 we've had that talk before where, like you said, because I said to you, I was like, Dave, what, you know, what happened to Fresh Birds? And, I, and, I, and you made so much sense. I'm thinking, yeah. Like I've said, like, you know, why don't the trees play more? Because me and Josh are so lax. That we're just like, hey, when we get time, let's call each other. Right. Like, we're not forcing ourselves on people. And I think it helps when we play a show because we play three a year and people mm-hmm. show up like, this might not happen for six months. You know, to where we also say, like, I've, I've mentioned to you before, like, what do you think is the perfect, well, that, the answer to that. And then also, like, you know, how often should you play out in a town? Yeah, that, I mean. Because I know people, I think, drive, and I tell them all the time. 
You're playing every weekend. Nobody's going to give a shit about you in a month. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've been in that situation a lot, you know, where you're playing, you know, your second show at a venue that month. I mean, it's, it's really hard. I mean, people... There's two things that are wrong. There are two things that are really difficult. It's difficult to... It's really... Bands have a hard time not playing the same show again. Yeah. And I understand why that is. Because it is... I mean, like, you know, you come up with an original album's worth of music. And, um, you know, if you're a singer-songwriter, you have to tell teach everybody how to play the song. And it's a long process. And then you get... And finally, the 12 songs sound good. And you want to see how long you can ride that out. You want to play as many shows as possible with that set. But... You're often inviting the same people to the same show. And I think that, I, you know, it's, it's just kind of, it, there should be more people at shows, period, you know, so that you don't have to ask the same people to come see you. Right. There should be more people. But also, there's maybe there's too many bands. And the, I, and the best, I, don't, I don't know what it is, I, I think, I, I, why I, people don't support it more than but well, they do support it. Like, like for instance, Lava Brothers got a lot of support for that album. I think they raised ten thousand plus dollars. You know, nice. people paid people paid up front for that album. That's great. Maybe it's maybe the whole concept of the show is a little off nowadays. Meaning, a local band maybe should have two shows a year, and there's a lot of new material. You know, along with the stuff that you know, so that you're moving forward. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I think even if... Okay, think if you, if you you watch a movie and you really like it, like a lot. Mm-hmm. You might watch it two or three more times Maybe. in that year. If, if, yeah. if That's a lot. So, like, even if you go to a concert that you really like, and let's say mm-hmm. you paid good money for it, mm-hmm. are you going to go... How many more times are you going to go? You know, right. or anything. And then, so it's like, even if it's done really well, people, even if, if it's what you're doing and you care, it doesn't mean that they're, like, their interest is elsewhere. They might, and they, even if they really liked it, they might, it might have been the best show they saw that year. Right. But they're not going to care enough to see it again. You know, right. unless you have, and that's where, I, I mean, I say this all the time, like, obviously with the culture now, with, with the technology, and the, I mean, like my dad, I said, I've said this multiple times on this podcast, but like my dad always said, when I was a kid growing up, all you had to do, smoke pot, play pool, and go see shows. There was nothing else to do. Right. He's like, now there's everything under the sun. And he's like, you know, I said, yeah, I said, you know, people are, hey, did you have happen to catch a show? No, I saw somebody Snapchat. It looked look cool though, or this or that, or I'll just watch it on YouTube tomorrow. Right. You could just sit from your bedroom, not interact with anything. Well, that's why maybe you should, people should stick to meeting. The new medium is personal. It's, it's earbuds, it's headphones. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people listening to music every day. But they're not going out to see live music to do it. So maybe all these live acts, you know, should really just focus on creating the kind of content that actually, you know, people could go through and consume, you know. Having people pay for it in the, in the actual, like, buying an album as opposed yeah. to going to a show and paying a cover or yeah. whatever else. I mean, there's all kinds of, I think there's, you know, Wolfpack did a great job of, like, kind of monetizing their YouTube channel in an interesting way by making their own videos. So, yeah. like... That's a band that, you know, didn't tour at all to make their name. They just simply did it on the, online with um, the content. So, you know, if I was, we mentioned the Whiskey Pilots, we'll bring them in just as a fill-in, you know, algebra band in place of X. It's like, you know, those guys have an interesting and funny, charismatic presence online. If they could, if they could export that, 
Yeah. You know, then, because I don't even know if bands are really just selling music anymore. I mean, some bands, some groups are, but they're also selling a lot of attitudes, like high fashion, you know? And I think you can define a lot of that now um, yourself with the distribution. Like, you don't need a hip album cover through your record label to have a vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, literally, I, so I know a kid, I think there's a kid now who hasn't even, he has a whole a website of, like, t-shirts and, and swag you could buy from him. And, like, he has one internet, 10 tracks, you know, for the internet, you know? And it's like, that kind of makes more sense today, you know, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little more optimistic than that. Than, see, because we have to convince everybody, like, hey, we're going to play this somewhat complicated music live. You're going to have to rehearse. And it's going to be difficult. And we're going to spend a lot of time and we're gonna play shows that no one no one at. You know, it's like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I even even the bigger at, like even not even local music. Like I know people don't just go to concerts like they used to. Well, I mean, now concert when concerts open up again, it's gonna be real expensive. You think? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be really expensive. They're not gonna let you. They're not gonna. I mean, I, again, I would. I I hope people have the stomach to see this again without virtue signaling. But like, you know, there's gonna be a front row to a concert one day again, you yeah. know? There's right. gonna be people shoulder to shoulder, you know, standing there. Yeah. You squeezed up up there before, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I actually Primus, I was the close, I was front row. I was like this. It hurts. And I, and I was, I literally got, you can't get a beer. No, you can't drink, you can't move. And I, I mean, it was, I was, <laughs> I was as close, about as close as we were to Les Claypool, me and you right now. Yeah. And I was loving it first for a little bit. And then I got kicked in the back of the head by so many crowd surfers that I was just like, fuck this. Yeah. So like they had an intermission and I went in the back and there was like these, this older crowd of uh, people just dancing and they weren't like even really, I don't think they were like, they were just enjoying it and they were into it. And I was just like. I just kind of. Yeah, like, what about mosh? Did you mosh now? Nah, I, I don't know if you can. I, I, you know, even when I did, I'd done it a, mul- a couple times. I like watching it. I never yeah. really was into it, just for the same reason I never wanted to be a wrestler, and because I don't want somebody sweat all over me. I have a problem with that. You know, you get all amped up on the music, and I, I can feel that at times, but like, I don't need to touch somebody. I love the concept <laughs> of moshing. I love watching these big guys. <laughs> seemingly barrel into each other with this other soft landing reaction. It's it's like, it, you know what I mean? It's like, I want to fire this out of a slingshot, but when I get close to you, I'm going to slow it all down. I don't, don't want to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah, because I want to keep doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's like... <laughs> no, you're right. The concept's fucking... It's like, amazing. It's, yeah, it is. It is. We're gonna we're gonna collide forces as much as we can, and it's gonna it might hurt a little bit, but we're, but we're not we're actually trying to hurt each back. other. And the second somebody hits the ground, we're all gonna pull him up instantly so yeah. he's not hurt. Right. You see, t- five people, you know, some guy gets something. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you get trampled. But another one is like the person's about to go down, and then now instead of knocking him over, you're like picking him back up. It's it's like it's the strangest thing. Very human. I wonder. That, see, it sounds really human, but I wonder where washing originated. And is it? Is there like an old version of it? Is there like? Is there any sort of like tribal? I, it seems it has so to primitive. Be. Yeah, it does seem very primitive. I agree with you. Yeah. Like warriors before a fight with like bash you know, heads. Yeah, because you know, yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah, they get bumped yeah. up or something. You know, like ah, you know, just I don't know. I feel like they look like they're like you boiled atoms faster than they should be going. <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's a very interesting concept. You're right. I mean, that's it is it is very to to to. Yeah, the idea that like people let themselves get thrown by someone else. Like, cause you bump into somebody and then like you kind of both can go in the same way, and then the person's behind. They go. And the craziest thing and is throw you back out there. Most of the time, you've never seen any of these people before. You no. know nothing about these people you're touching or you're throwing or pushing you, and you're just hoping their intentions are as good well, as you yours. Start to look at, you start to look at this, because there's a typical size of a mosher, I've noticed. It's, it's typically stocky, well, you know, like, like rhino man. <laughs> Low center of gravity. Yes. <laughs> Built as, as, yes. as sturdily. Yes. You Very know. sturdy. <laughs> you know, they don't tip over easily. The, the, uh, and then yeah. you see the the people that don't have that. There's like a girl get like a skinny girl get involved. Yeah. And you just watch all. They, you know, everybody again. It's like no one wants to hurt anybody, but they all want to bang into each other. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Do. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm never gonna see Moshi again. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, think of how many shows. What What do you listen to that there's even Moshi in the music? I, 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 I went to. Um, I saw that. Hot, not octopus. They're called Octopus. It's a local band. This kid's name is Tiger. He um, he was in Analog Phase with Dave West. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Octopus? I don't know the name of the band. I think that's the name of the band. But I know who you're talking they about. They played, and they played with another guy that I should know his band, what they're called. Was this the concert you and Demos went to yes. on the north side or something? Yes, was at, the, at the funeral home. Yeah, yeah. There was moshing. Wow. It was fun. How many people I, were there? There was 35 people there. Yeah, but still. But there was a, there was a mosh session. I, you know, that rem- I used to go to these, these they called like the hardcore bands, like Poison the Well and stuff and the Chariot. I was never really into any of the bands, but uh, one of my friends, Mike Luigi, loved. And he'd always be like, dude, it's music, you'll go. And it's heavy. I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll go. But there was like the hardcore, like life of like a hardcore guy who like, I mean, it's just a lot of just chaos music and like screaming. But, like, the dancing style was practically, like, karate moves. Mm-hmm. And you would just see these guys just, like, doing, like, karate to them, like, by themselves. And I was just, like, it was just, it was very fascinating. You know, in the back drinking a beer and every now and then they'd bump into each other purposely. And they, but they would just get real close and do karate on each other but not yeah. touch each other. Yeah. It's like, it was just very, I was, like, it was fascinating. I mean, you know, every now and then the song was decent. You'd be like, oh, it's kind of cool. You had this going on. I was like, you know, I, I, I don't know, it was just... But it's they odd. Call, they should call wrestling fighting arts. Fighting, fighting arts. arts. Yeah. You still watching it? Not like I used Not to. Like Especially used to. now. I mean, it's it's getting that the storylines are bad. They seem to have really weighted the girls almost 50-50. Well, the, I tell you what. The girls are... And more, I actually think the girls are... are they're they're, more, they're more exciting. Yeah, and their storylines be are better. And I, The I, Japanese girl, I love her. What's her Osaka? Yeah, the old yeah. Man. I love her. Yeah, they're, they're, it's 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 actually yeah it, it's it's come back somewhat, but it's just so much so much of it now. I mean, in all honesty, ever since CM Punk left forever ago, like that, he was just like he literally would do things that were like they wanted to get rid of him, like that the court that the WWE actually wanted him to leave, and he finally like kind of did on his terms, but like. He just talks shit about everybody purposely. Yeah. Like, even on like live TV, they cut his mic sometimes. Like I know it's all scripted, but like right. I think he literally because I guess there's certain guys, like they have scripts for stuff, but certain guys yeah. will actually they're like you know like everybody knows John Cena. Well, he John Cena doesn't have a script. They're like, hey, you get ten minutes, go out and say what you want to say. Right. He's you know? good enough. To and like Punk it. was that, and then certain guys they let do that, but it was like it got to the point where he just started being like. 
why the fuck am I out here when all these guys in the back are better than me and you're not giving them a chance to wrestle? And it's like, okay, cut the mic. Like, like he was saying have, things. Have you ever seen The Rock on Saturday Night Live do the thing with, um, uh, where they, do they talk trash to each other? Mm-mm. <laughs> the Rock with who? The Thing? The, the Rock? It, it was just, I was saying like... The, oh, um, just in general. Okay. The, the Thing, what, what I was referring to the Thing is the thing where they talk to Smack. Smack talk. What is it technically called in... What is that called in wrestling? When you stand with a microphone and tell the, the, your opponent what you're going to do to them. I don't... I don't is there a term for it? I don't know. But... but but smack talking. Okay. But yeah, they do. They do a sketch where uh, I don't want to ruin it. You just look it up on Saturday Night. It's absolutely hilarious. Okay. And The Rock does it. The obviously. Rock does it. I mean, he was one of the best on the mic of all time, you know. And he always talked in third like, person, which was funny. The, the whole aspect of it is like I won't want to ruin the joke, but like the guy's like, "You're gonna," he's like, "Don't worry, you can say anything to me, man. Just just cut cut into me, however you want to go." He's like, all right, I'll give it to you. And instead of like talking about his character, the wrestler, he's bringing up personal facts about his real life. <laughs> it's so brutal. Uh, yeah, so yeah good. okay, I'm, I'm definitely gonna look that up. That's funny. <laughs> the the bigger guy Moynihan does the does the other character, the other wrestler. But being friends with so many musicians is very interesting. I feel like it's a part time therapy session at times. Anyone who knows musicians or artists knows that the creativity that comes out in the art form usually makes you a quack on some other simplistic fact in your life, myself included. Not usually a structured life. Mm -hmm. And and I I think that's from the outside world. You know, I hear people who aren't artsy and say, oh, I don't understand. They're so good. Not This isn't just to you, just in general. They're so good at this or that or blah, blah, blah. They just can't seem to, like, and then the thing is that I have to explain, like, yeah, because they don't, they're not doing a nine to five. Yeah. And they're not going home to the family. They're not doing it. Like, they're probably writing music at 3 a.m., either drunk or on something or not, just because that's when they're more creative. Like, and I'm like, it's a lifestyle you'll never understand because it's, it's these, these, it's the creative process that not everybody has. I mean, like, I, I think of even, like, I don't, I mean, I, I sure, I do have a, a structured job, but like. My personal life isn't structured at all, and I don't want it to be. When I start getting into a routine, I get freaked that fuck out. Even if in a relationship, I yeah. want out. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, that's why I'm always, like, you know, fucking doing my hot sauce now. Like, I'm always on the, like, trying to just keep my brain. Right. And I think, you know, you're a lot that way when it comes to, but, you know, in certain areas of your life and what you're experimenting. I, I love learning new things. I mean, I'm always trying to find something new. I mean, I'm, I'm like, to learn. You'll, you'll get on a tangent where you'll get into something. Yeah. But you'll find something that you've never really looked into before. And then you'll just, like, take it to the max for a while. Yeah. And then you'll move on to something else. I'm yeah. saying I do the same thing. Yeah. So I get it. Like, I, and I think that that's a, something that a lot of people who aren't overly creative on the aspects of their life don't really understand or you know, mm-hmm. can figure out. And I think that's like the genius of creation comes with a non-structured life that it's just hard for people to understand at times, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I think, it, I think, you know, like, look, look at my mom is not particularly, I mean, I love my mom, you know, but she's not, I mean, she's creative in ways that are not artistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's, she could, the house is beautiful with homemaking, you know? Yeah. And, um, super pleasant person. It's like, creativity is like something that, um, I don't know, it's, it's either in your DNA or not, and if it is, 
you tend to have um, more productive time being alone. And then there are people who aren't productive when they're alone and they tend to be less creative, you know, but it doesn't mean that they're less of anything else. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So uh, this is one of the few times where I think you just cut the pie up however you want to cut it up. But you do, is there something tortured to creativity? I think so. Absolutely. I think you know, so. yeah. and I think that's what pushes a lot of people that aren't creative away, continuously away from it. Because it's, it, you know. They don't want to either end up or have that lifestyle or it's not. Because I think a lot of it goes back to structure, though. Too. Yeah, taking things apart is not fun. Right. You know, like, t- you know, it's not necessarily creative, but f- fixing your computer I- iPhone screen is not fun because you have to you have to look at the structure of the phone. You have to physically alter it to, you have to move the parts that need to be moved. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think when you get into a creative endeavor, you find that you're still moving the same kind of blocks, but they're figurative. So, like, I was... Um, just for some reason, I wanted to figure out how to play Allentown by Billy Joel. I don't know why it was in my head. You know, but it's like, oh, I always find myself doing is just taking, taking it apart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's time consuming. I have to figure out what the last three chords were. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? And I, yeah, you just could either, you either have the, app, the tolerance to sit around and by yourself and do these things or... or sit around by yourself and do something different you know and I find them a lot of like I said it just creativity in the in the artsy way it usually are people who tend to be alone or don't mind being alone yeah and I and, I, and just in general I mean I think of just who I know who does I mean and I, I mean like my dad wants to be creative like he takes these pictures and he spends all this time editing them and you know he's he's having to deal with the structure of how to take a photo and light and all that stuff and I you know for whatever reason you know my other parent doesn't have um, I, uh, projects like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I guess, you know, I, bet, I bet it's very relaxing that she doesn't have to worry about creating anything new. You know? I look at, I look at people like that, too, and I'm like, man, you know, I wish... You know, you think about, like, people like, like that old-school 1950s factory job everybody apparently had. Yeah. You know, where you just... The milkman comes in the mornings... The rooster crows, you pick up the milk, you have breakfast, like Kevin's dad in uh, Wonder Years. Yeah, right, exactly. You know? Yeah. And, you know, all he wants to do is just go home and relax because he's completely spent from work. I think most, I think creative people, just even if they have to go do a job they don't want to do, will, will always find time to do that extra project they just feel compelled to do. Yeah, I, there's times where there's certain things... You're more that crazy I, than you are creative. What's that? I think it's being more crazy than being creative. Yeah, you're probably right. Because I know that I get these impulses to, to either write, to start playing, to do this, that. And it's like, until I... It's almost like a sexual climax at times. It doesn't normally feel as good. But, like, it's one of those things where, like, if you can't stop thinking about sex until you take care of yourself or you take care of yourself with somebody right. else, it's going to be like, and once your libido releases, then it's like, until that happens, you can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, and I get that spent with ideas about create creative stuff in my head at times. It could be as simple as a stupid Instagram post, or writing a song lyric down, or playing a new part, or thinking of something else that I could do, or who should I should do it. But it's like until I see the idea through, I am tortured as fuck, and I can't get it out. And it's got to come out at some point. Yeah, it's they're like and you know, but I'm saying you know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, I think a lot of people have don't, don't know what that is, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Well, they probably feel that kind of anxiety and those feelings at other times in their life. 
Yeah, I'm you sure. You know what I mean? Is the mortgage going to get paid? You know, it's like my heart rate doesn't know why it's going up. It just goes up because, it, you know, my brain's like, we need more blood. He's right. busy. You know, I was, like, I was noticing that, like, I do these, I get, I, I haven't, haven't done one in a week or two, maybe. But I do the Instagram videos where I play piano or something. Mm-hmm. And I rarely am, like, working on that song for any period of time. I usually, it's usually about 24 hours. What happens is I'll find a song I want to do. I learn it in an hour, two hours. Excuse me. If I don't think I got it by that night, I'll do it in the next afternoon. And by then I'm done with it. And I do a little short version. I try to hit all the parts, show people I can play all the parts. But, you know, I'm cursing. I'm hitting that record button over, you know, I'm hitting the little red button on and off and repositioning the camera. And I'm yelling fuck halfway through a take because I said a word wrong. And it's hard. It, like literally, I can feel my body, you know, nowadays, feel my blood pressure go up yeah. from doing it. And yeah. I also feel like the weird, shaky excitement, almost like sometimes when, you're, when, you're, when your blood pressure gets all up and it, you just kind of feel a little weak and shaky. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get that and I'm like, oh yeah, this is good, or I enjoy that. Oh, then there's the part where I, then I mean, the favorite part of creating something, if you like it, this is my favorite part is when you think it's done or it's good enough for you, and I just secretly like sit back and listen to it like a hundred times. Oh, I do that. Yeah. I do that too. I only do it that first day. Yeah. I, t- I rarely like multiple days of going, oh, that's so great. Yeah. But as soon as I post that Instagram video of me playing piano, I am simultaneously watching it for an hour. I agree. I do the same thing with something. And, and I'm then... usually proud of myself to some degree or at least giving myself like, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, and then like after you're, but you said that it's like after that by the next day you're like, yeah, you you don't have to see it ever again. You chase it, you gotta chase it again. But you'll get, yeah, the high comes back eventually. But I'm saying as far as that video, you're not watching it again, like you said, like no, you gotta get a new, a new, a new bag to get high off of, right? (laughs) A new supply, yeah, new supply. Re up is what they call it in the drug game. You gotta re up. Is there anything else you want to discuss? Well, we've hit a lot of things. I don't know. We, I mean, I told you my new band's name is Edgar Allan Bo Jackson. So. That's, that's going to be, and that's, <laughs> that's going to be, yeah, and I think it's all in the title there of what to No, actually, what to if anything I want to say is that I probably, I probably am going to make music again, but I don't think I'm going to be in bands when this is all over. Okay. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to start doing a home studio thing mm-hmm. and just simply do that. Like, you know, I'll have guest people, right? but I don't know if I'm going to build anything that you could put on stage without multiplying me. yourself. Well, um, <laughs> I was, my, my dream is, this is the dream of that, you know, I guess there's no way around. I'm going to have to do another new project. I kind of been in everybody's band for a long time. I don't want to do that. It's hard to be in my own group. I don't want to lead it. So maybe if I'm just the only person in the group, I can solve a lot of problems. Yeah. But it's like, I wanted to get to a point where people are listening to my stuff or listening to some of the things I do and there's no band to go see, but they want to go see one. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And I'll just wait to see if there's enough demand over time and if people be like, hey, you know, we'll pay you. <laughs> I, well, I, fuck, I know I would. I would like to. Yeah, I mean, that's, you, you know enough people where I think that's very possible. Yeah, I just don't really see that whole thing of playing shows, you know. I'm going to take the calls to play them, you know what I mean? I'm going to let people hire me because I love it. I just can't. 
I'm not gonna. I don't. I'm not gonna run. I'm not gonna be captain of that ship though of a band. I'll just be captain of my. I'm gonna. It's like I'm going even smaller than like our friend Leo. Yeah. I'm not even gonna do the shows. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know. So. Hopefully I could do that, and within maybe the end of the year or something, there'll be something. Because I have songs. Oh, I'm know? sure. I just, you know. Even Arsenal and stuff. I'm I sure. just don't give them to the bands I'm in often. Right. And I, I do weird one-offs where I go to Pete and record one song, and that's all I do. You know, so it's like just flapping the wind. That's why I think I just need a home studio. How many songs do you have on your own recorded that are your songs? Technically, like in a studio, yeah, three, and and one of them was on an Alex Hall figurehead. But the way I recorded it, I did it all myself. But it did go out on a figurehead album. Yeah, and then two other songs that are that I just paid paid Pete to do. That could be the start of three song. That's like the start of it. I don't know. I just I sometimes though I want to start from scratch and just like I'm thinking like you know. I don't probably should get up some new things to say. Rehashing old songs is can be kind of a lot of work. Yeah, feels like a lot of work. Well, and a lot of times you're at different places in your life, and maybe those emotions or things that you, you know that you felt at that time, you can't. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's hard to tap it back into. Mm-hmm. It's not where you're at in your life, so it's like you can't really relate to it like you used to be able to. You know? yeah. I mean, it's like relationships with people. I mean, in general. Yeah. I mean, definitely the meaning of the songs changes with you over time. You know? Yeah. All right. That's a good place to stop. Cool. Well, I appreciate it. Thank it's you for funny. doing this. Yeah. And I uh, hope you all out there enjoy. See you next if time. You made it all the way to this. You're really special. <laughs>